everybody and welcome to episode 517 of Conversation Street. This is the episode for the week of the 4th to the 8th of April 2022 and that is episode 10,604 to 10,609 of Coronation Street. I'm Michael. And I'm an NFT and I'm available to purchase right now. Rip off, you massive rip off. Where did that come from? That's just the in thing thing. at the moment, isn't it? Anyone want an NFT or a offline deck? Let's do an NFT of this podcast. I wouldn't... I wouldn't base myself to base myself. I would. If you give me money, I'll do anything. <laughs> All right, Leanne. Um, so, Gemma. Yeah. Any pre pre curry chat for the podcast tonight? Anything going on in your life? No. Feeling better after last week. People want to know. You got some some well wishes after you. Yeah, you do. A few people said sorry to hear Gemma. It's a bit down, a bit poorly last week. But you're all right now, aren't you? Uh. Yeah, she's fine, everybody. She's fine. And I'm fine because it's the Easter holidays now. Broke up for Easter. Two weeks off of school. Amazing. And we had an Easter egg hunt at school today as well. It's cool. We had, we, we've got our school well-being committee. And so we had sort of some of the teachers hiding Easter eggs around the whole school, the playground, the build and everything at the end of the day. And after all the kids had gone home, we wrapped my team one. Obviously. Oh, it's for the teachers? Yes, yes. Didn't you know this? No, I did not. Yes, we had a teacher Easter egg hunt. It was amazing. I did an Easter egg hunt for my kids a couple of days ago, but this is actually one for the adult. I found, like, two cream eggs, found, like, a load you of pain. You told me this. It was great. It was a lot of fun. It was very competitive. And you, did you win, do you say? My team won, yes. Well, that's the most important But thing. I forgot to bring my eggs home, so I think my other team members have shared them out between them. But never what mind. What the hell is the point of that, then? For the team building and the camaraderie and the morale. The camaraderie. Camaraderie. It was great. It was amazing. Great. So Easter is coming soon. I've just realised I need to make an Easter podcast cover. I haven't even thought about what we're going to do this year. Maybe something to do with the bunny ears. Just to it's say. Like, yeah, Quite the... probably. Hmm? <sighs> I'm yeah. just excited about it being the Easter holidays. It's very fun stuff. Um, Gemma, we didn't have a quiz last week. Have you got an extra specially amazing quiz to start <laughs> off the podcast? <laughs> This, this, this you know week. I don't have an extra specially amazing one, but I do have one. You have got a quiz. Oh, I know what's been going buggering wrong this week. Our internet. That's been our drama this week, hasn't it? Yeah. Got no internet at home. Well, barely. We, 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 I don't know whether you all had this, listeners, but when your internet goes down, it kind of goes down on one machine, but it's working fine on another machine. So at the moment, like, can't get online on my phone, but I can get it on my Mac laptop. Can't get it on my PC. Can't get it on the TV. Um, and we can get it, what else can we get it on? Uh, not much, it's been a right pain, and it's also meant, because our TV's all connected through there, we've not, it's let us watch TV live, hasn't it, but we've not been able to see any of our recordings, or even pause the episodes this week, so any time we've wanted to pause or rewind or anything on Coronation Street, we've not been able to, and Gemma even got a phone call in the middle of Wednesday's episode of Corrie, that she had to dash off, and, and you missed five minutes of the episode, didn't you? So I'm expecting you to like really just style it out when we're talking about it today. You'll never know what part it was. You'll never even know which part that Gemma hasn't actually seen this week, but if there's any bit where you go, whoa! What <laughs> happened that? What, really? That's how Laura's died. Um, no, it wasn't that, because it was Wednesday, wasn't it? But anyway, that's our woes for this week. But we're going to get an engineer out, so it'll be fine. Gemma, sorry. Quiz. Quiz me up. Things that happen between the 4th and the 8th of April in years ending in a 2 and a 6, and I sourced this information from coronationstreet.fandom.com. 4th of April, 1997. Yes. 
Alan McKenna holds an engagement party at which Andy McDonald kicks off. Who is the lucky lady? Uh, Fiona Middleton. Correct. The answer, Emma's mum. Yep. Yes, that is 4th right. 4th of April, 2007. 4,007, did you say? No, I didn't. I said 2007. <laughs> I hope. I Joanne know. Jackson confesses a crime to Hayley Cropper. What is it? Being an immigrant. That's not a crime. Illegally entering the country. Being an illegal immigrant. Yeah. Do you know what country she came from? Uh, Africa. <laughs> yes, the country of Africa. Um, I can't remember. Give me a clue. What's the letter? That was that. Libya. No, Liberia. Ah, oh, so close. Fifth of April. She she got she got arrested and then she came back and stayed yeah, for like did. two years. Tell you what, Pretty Patel wouldn't let that happen now, would she? No. <laughs> right. 5th of April, 1972. Which two residents get married? What year? 1972? Yeah. I think it'd be too many easy ones. That's not an easy one at all, is it? No. Do I get any clues about either of the residents? I don't think I'm going to get this one just off the Um, top of my head. tragic end. <laughs> David and Alma? No. Oh. What? It was Ernest and Emily. Oh, they had a semi... Yeah, they had quite what a tragic end. What do you mean they had end. a semi-tragic end? He got murdered. They didn't end together. Oh, that was a real tragedy. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, he had a bad time. Almost all, every single, um, every single relationship, listeners, ends in tragedy. Yeah. One way or another. It's Isn't true. that a nice thought? <laughs> that That's just the sort of things I'm thinking about oh, after what's having... What's going to happen to Emma and John? How, after being forced to watch tragedy after tragedy this evening, or Coronation Street. <laughs> a bit of a sad end to tonight, wasn't it? your weekend. <laughs> Do they hate us all or something? Okay. 5th of April, 1982. Mm-hmm. Mavis knits a jumper for Princess Diana's baby. Which yeah. baby's that? Oh, this is just a test of my royal knowledge. 1982, that has got to be William. Yeah. Yeah. There's only two, isn't there? here before me. Okay. Uh, 6th of April, 2002. Stella Munro throws which boyfriend out of the Rovers when she finds out he's in debt? When was this? Not that it makes much difference. 2002. <laughs> Stella, Stella Monroe. Doesn't sound right, does it? You're not talking about Stella Price, are you? And you're not talking about not actually 2002, but maybe 2012. Maybe I got confused. Yeah, I think it was 2012. <laughs> uh, Carl Monroe. Yeah. Okay. Well, she, she was. Did she take? She didn't take on the no. I, oh, I don't mind. I'm taking Boyfriend the point. Boyfriend or whatever. I'm taking the point. Right. I never said these the questions would be right. <laughs> the answers that got be right. That's right. Carl is yeah. the right answer. 7th of April, 2002. Which discovery leads Maxine Peacock to go into premature labour? Um, oh, I remember watching that. What does, was it that she discovered? No, I didn't say what did she discover. I said what discovery. Yeah. 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 Oh, I remember oh. watching it. Uh, uh, uh. Uh. Oh, gosh. Uh. No, I don't know. Uh, Come on. Oh, what was, was it she so, up to? Oh, what was she? It was. It must have been something to do with Matt Carter. Was it something to do with Matt Carter? Yes. Matt Carter, the discovery that he was actually the dad. Somebody discovered it. I can't give you a mark. Ashley learning of her affair with Matt Ramsden. Oh, Matt Ramsden. Sorry, wrong Doctor <laughs> Matt. Blimey. <laughs> who who was behind this? This like we're not going to learn. We're not going to change the doctor's first name. No. Too confusing. Oh man. 
rookie mistake. I find it offensive that our doctor now is Dr. Matt Gaddis. I think she should have her own name. <laughs> um, final question. Yeah, I need to come on. I need to get back. I'm not doing You're not so well get today. I got. Oh, no. you're not going to get it. 8th of April, 1992. How much money does Vicky get told she's inheriting? <sighs> That's a silly question. How much money does Vicky inherit? I want you to go on Mastermind and tell whoever what that guy, what's his mag- mag- magnet, Magnus magnet, magnet, <laughs> I think that she's... That's a silly question. Roughly inheriting round about... Yeah, £30,000. It was, in fact, two hundred thousand pounds. So close. Which the equivalent today's money is four hundred and forty thousand pounds. Oh, well done, good calculation. Oh, that's not I'm so good. I'm surprised she said thirty grand because the way that they were talking about it on the show and the way she was acting, it felt like it was an exhaustible fortune. It, it was. But actually, wasn't it? it's not really. Like it is a lot of money, you know. And you you could buy a house outright, a really, really, really nice house, mm. and then never actually, have to worry nice. about that. But the way they were talking about it when she's like investing in t-shirt businesses and wandering around <laughs> drinking champagne and riding horses. Not, it's not champagne and horse money, is it? <laughs> oh, so I got 50% in the quiz. So that's poor, poor effort, Michael. Must do better next time. Well, it was kind of like Faye's pregnancy, wasn't it? It's always going to be 50-50. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Birthdays. 10th of April. Doreen Keogh played Conceptor Ro- Riley. Yeah. R- Reagan, sorry. Well, she was Riley... She was Riley at first. Oh, well, she there you Riley go. My was. brain got it wrong, but right at the same time. Jonathan Dixon, who played Daryl Morton. <gasps> Johnny Dixon, happy birthday. 11th of April, director Barry Davis and Kate Anthony played Pam Hobsworth. <gasps> Auntie Pam, we saw her on Emmerdale the She's other day, didn't Emmerdale. we? She's on Emmerdale. Because we can't change the channel on our TV at the moment. No. We can only watch high TV, so yeah. we turned it on and Auntie Pam was on. She had a secret, she did, she had she a, had secret a secret on the phone, didn't yeah. she, on Wednesday? She I don't very, know what. A and, a, and there was a little girl, I don't child. know what was going on there. Yeah. Um, 12th of April, Andrew Dunn, who played Roger Stiles, and Dolly Rose Campbell, who plays Gemma Winter. Oh, it's Dolly's birthday this Happy week. birthday, all you April babies. Yes, happy birthday. And I think that's about it, isn't it? Yeah. So shall we, shall we do our street talk and find out what happened this week in Corrie? I think we should. Okay. Right, let's get cracking with street talk then. And after after a good run of episodes, did this week live up to it? Let's find out. We have got Emigration as our first storyline title. I thought Quite that like was that great. One. Well I, just, I, just, I, I hadn't even planned that. It all just came to me like wow. half an hour or so ago. Emigration. She's gone. Poor Emma has left for Australia. Oh, oh, I hope we get to see her again. I'm looking forward to seeing what you thought about that because we've not, we've not really talked no, about today's episode, no, have we? What did you make yeah. of tonight's episode? Then we have got the sick Neelan story. <laughs> she, she's not sick anymore. Oh, rip. I know, rip indeed. We will talk about the happy, happy babby baby, which was... I, I, I felt short-changed in tonight's episode. Uh, I know. Am I the only one that thought Leanne said that Toya was going to be saying goodbye uh, to Elsie today? You should, she did. And we didn't get to say... Rip off. Well, Better see it next week. Better be in a delay or something. We have then got more of the thrill of the chess storyline, and I don't know, I was just as thrilled as I ever am by that one. <laughs> um, we've <Bitch>. got... <laughs> fizz out. Oh. Fizz out. She's left number nine. It's lost a bit of fizz, hasn't it? That lovely blue and yellow cladded house. We'll find out what's going on there. We had a bit more of the summer burnout storyline and surprise return for Nikki in tonight's episode. I didn't see that one coming. We last saw this storyline and called it No Tar because she was not a TA. But now it's Tar very much because they've employed her after all because, what well, do you know, someone dropped out. Gemma, I'm going to leave it to you to take charge of the 
emigration story. And I think we, if you're wondering about the Faye and Craig stuff, we've just bunged all this in there as well, because oh, why not? Okay. There's some crossover somewhere. So, Gemma, over to you. What's going on with them on Monday? Um, on Monday, early morning, flower delivery from John at the Rovers. He's just missing her so much. Um, can they hang out this afternoon? But not at his mum's house because her dog's got anxiety. It's a real thing. I remember um, this must have been like 20 years ago, 25 years ago now. Um, I had an American friend from the internet and he told me that his neighbour's dog was on antidepressants. What? And this was like the most American thing I'd ever heard. But somehow it's creeping over here now. What's going on? <laughs> What's the dog worried about? Well, he's going to Australia, isn't he? Oh, He's never going to see him again. Oh. That dog, I... that dog knows things. Oh, he's seen too much. Seen him get his passport out the drawer. Oh, gosh. Right, so they they we wants to go out. So Emma takes the flowers to her flat where Cra- Craig and Faye are, and um, and Faye's like having like her heart's pounding. Uh, she is thinking it's something to do with the pregnancy. Um, Craig, Craig and uh, Craig and Faye are just kind of bowled over by the imminent parenthood, with Craig's very um, what's it phil- philosophical take, which is it's mad, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Emma, You're Harry's- my great parents. <laughs> Emma hurries them out and tells John he can come over there and they have a snog and uh, thank Big old God sloppy one thank God COVID restrictions have been lifted <laughs> so we can have these romantic scenes um, John's sad that in a few days time he may never see her again and he shows her pictures of her local beach and she's just like oh my God <laughs> I know that beach I know this place it's only half an hour from where my mum is no, don't start doing this. Don't start measuring distances like you're like you're already living in a foreign country. <laughs> Nobody in this country would go, oh yeah, it's my local beach. It's like half an hour away. What are you talking about? <laughs> half an hour away is like five different dialects and three counties Might away. Might see you once or twice a year, John. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, it's too far. Um, well, isn't that anyway, lovely? what are the chances of isn't that? that? It's about honestly. an hour away from where her mum lives. Yes. Well, it's basically on the doorstep there, isn't it? <laughs> John suggests that Emma moves to Australia with him because he wants to spend the rest of his life with her. And she's very tempted, even though it makes no logical sense given the logistics, immigration and other real-life actual things that you have to worry about when you... Visas, COVID. Passports, Yeah jobs mm. she says later on i don't have a mortgage so i can do what i like i don't think that's how it works <laughs> but never mind um think about that when you're when you're moaning about renting everybody <laughs> it could be worse you could be stuck here forever like us um john heads out later um he buzzes back up because he's left his phone and this is when faye and craig are there um and they and faye's like oh i want to see i want to see your mystery man um and john's there and they're like Everyone's like freaking out, apart from John, who's like, "Oh, hmm, I recognise you, Craig." And Craig's like, "No, you definitely don't know who I am." So John recognises Craig from that time that Craig was um, fannying about underneath Ted's sink, trying to get Faye's fake nail out, wasn't he? And uh, and John comes in and he's like, "Yeah, I definitely recognise you." And Craig's just like, uh, "No, no, you don't. No, you don't." Gormless Craig. And then everyone's like, "Oh yeah, this is when." The- this is when they desperately try and come up with an excuse for how John might know Craig, wasn't it? And it's apparently because he was the worst ever contestant on the Great British Sing Song. Creative, Emma, I like it. And then r- rather than just saying, anyway, let's change the subject, Craig, he um, 
he, he, he gives it his all, doesn't he, to prove that he really is the world's worst singer. And he is. Um, he doesn't. He 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 sings um, a terrible Shirley Bassey song. John's loving it. Um, Faye can't quite believe what's happening. You know, if, if Craig had got out a little violin case, John would have been throwing his coppers in there. This is probably when Faye's baby disappeared out of existence from embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I, I was never just here. Just, if anyone asks, I wasn't here. Disappear myself <laughs> to a parallel dimension. See you later, parents. Um, yeah. Anyone else having a one night stand around here tonight? Because um, I'm, well, I'm. Who's Steve been with recently? I'll be, I can be my. I'd rather have Steve. He's less embarrassing. Okay, when John goes, you know, uh, what else can you say after that? <laughs> Faye lays into Emma. Says, "How could you be so stupid?" Everybody's panicking. Um, they think that this is all. It's all over. Faye's now thinking she's going to be pregnant in prison, which I can't believe isn't a Channel Five program. <laughs> Um, she, she, Emma's defending herself saying that she and John are perfect together he's definitely the one and Faye says he can't be the one he's Ted's grandson and she and Craig are like having a go at her so you need to break it off if you, st- if you stay with him he's bound to figure everything out or you're going to blab <laughs> and Emma says maybe they're that's... not wrong yeah Emma says maybe that's not such a bad thing and they're like okay that's even worse now you said that um, that's a stupid idea cut all ties with him and it's next time that they share a packet of ginger biscuits Emma's just going to absentmindedly say oh this reminds oh, yeah. me of the time yeah. when your granddad died I mean oh um, so Emma uh, Faye blurts out uh, we're all going to end up in prison and I'm not giving birth in prison and Emma's like oh well congratulations <laughs> she didn't know um, Faye says she's got her family to consider now. John comes and finds Emma in Seb's garden later, and he says, "You know what? I don't think I know him from the Great British Sing Song because I looked it up on Wikipedia and it doesn't exist. That's not a real program. So you're lying." <laughs> Could it be though in the world of Coronation Street? Are we? Is that been you know put into the universe now? So they're going to have a story coming up later this year with like Maybe that's Kirk it. or yeah, something. Yeah. Kirk That's the next big Kirk Sutherland storyline. on the, on yeah, the Great Simon, song. Yeah, for Simon Cool. <laughs> Simon Cool. <laughs> um, I bet he's called himself that at some point in his life. Simon Cool? Simon Cowell has, yeah. Just call me Simon Cool. Do you think so? Yes. Is that the sort of thing you'd do? That's what he thinks he is. I think he's got enough money to say what he likes, hasn't he? Mm. Um, he says, I actually think I remember him when he's a policeman and he worked on my granddad's case. Hang on a minute. Um, why would he lie about that when he was involved in that? And Emma's like, "Oh, I can't, I can't, t- I can't." It's top secret that. police information. Um, I can't get to Australia anymore. Anyway, I've, I've, we're finished. Oh yeah, she has to dump him. Well, John's distraught because he's like, "I thought we had a future together." We and she says, "No, we can't. You can't just move to Australia." What do you think this is? John, John is just like some adorable, loyal puppy, isn't he? Like that. You you, you 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 take him out to abandon him in the in the middle of the desert somewhere, and as the car's driving away, he's just kind of there saying, "What's going on? I thought you loved me." He's just standing there, going, "Oh, it's all right. I'll I'll stand here. I'll stand guard here until you come back." And then you take him back, and then you kind of throw frisbees at him, and it just bonks him on the head, and he's still there, going, "I just love you. I don't care." Don't go. Um. Yeah, he's like, we we can we can go to Australia, and she's like, "No, it's too hot. There's snakes and koalas." Oh yeah, she's she's meant she's scared of koalas. I don't she? know why she's scared of koalas. Um, 
I think that she's read too much too much about them having chlamydia. I don't know if you can get chlamydia from koalas. Um, do koalas, quote koalas, have chlamydia? Is that a thing? Yeah, they do, and they're all constantly weeing themselves. Well, they're not that cute. <laughs> well, if you're scared of walking past a eucalyptus tree, then if I was going to have a, a shower of, of koala wee, they're constantly down on me. They also constantly have a stomach ache because eucalyptus is poisonous. And apparently, their fur is like a wire brush. Oh. So they look all cute and sweet. Like They look like funny cats with giant noses and cute ears, like a teddy bear. But no, they're actually miserable. You'll be telling me they're not even bears next time. You'll be saying they're not even bears. I don't want to know. No, they're actually a type of reptile. <laughs> she said, this is my home now. And he says, look, let's slow down a bit. Um, I don't want to end it with you. I want to grow old with you. And then she says... Oh, it's just a fling. You're you're my booty call. Pumping and dumping. Is that really what she said? She, she He says, I love you. And she says, don't call me again. Don't call me Rana. And walks off. Reference. Um, Emma comes back to find Frey and Craig have broken the news to Beth about her impending nanahood. And she says, John was upset, but I've broken up with him. Faye says, you've done the right thing. Emma's heartbroken again. And she doesn't think she'll ever meet anybody like John. And I'm going to say no. I agree with you. I don't... I think he's one of a kind. He is. He's unique as our John. Oh, man. I don't know who is... I don't know, man. I love John. I've seen so much hate for John online. I think I love him. And I know the story, the concept of the story is utterly ridiculous, but I've been absolutely living for John this week. I I think he's fantastic. He's so adorably doofusy. I really do actually really like John, but I would never let him marry my daughter. No, Steve did have a point. He looks like the sort of man who'd go to the shop with a pound to buy flour and come back with no money, no flour, and suddenly have like a family of independent of dependents that he has to <laughs> grow magic beans to to keep food on the table for. I think you send him off to the shop to get a flower and he comes back with a bunch of daffs. He is a daffany. <laughs> Wednesday, Craig's getting ready to go to work, um, because he is going back to being a police. It's alright everybody, the streets of Weatherfield are safe again. PC Tinker is back on it. Back on it, back on the on the the criminal underworld Beat. is just like quivering in their boots. They've gone back underground again. It's not worth it. Well, now the biggest case in Weatherfield has been cracked, which is who killed Rick Nealon or mm. where is Rick Nealon? He can come back and he doesn't have to worry about any difficult crimes. Yeah. Um. So, Faye feels guilty about ruining Emma's life, but not guilty enough to stop her from doing it. They go outside. Faye has a bit of a moment. She starts feeling a bit wobbly. And... Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, my baby. So this is... Okay, right. So, um... She has to sit down on the bench and Beth and Tim happen to walk past and... <laughs> it's just, I hate it when characters just happen to walk past. Tim's like, oh, hello, it's me, Tim, your dad. What's going on? Round the other corner. Hello, it's me, Beth, the, the, your mother-in-law-to-be. What's going on? Oh, my gosh. Now we're all in the scene together. What's happening here, everybody? Tim learns from the concern over Faye's wobble that she's ha- expecting a plot line. It's a windass wobble. Inside, Faye tells Tim and Elaine that she's happy about being up the duff. They're tough for her. Elaine knew, didn't she, ages ago? Did she? I thought she did. No, I don't think... It... I don't know. It she matter. did, didn't she? She's like, it doesn't matter who knew first, because I did. It was me. Um, oh, yeah, maybe she... I don't know. I don't care what... Elaine they're all really pleased. Anything. This oh, this made me really sad. <laughs> Everyone was so happy for her, and then it turned out to be just gas. 
Um, <laughs> well, you don't get the name Windass for nothing. <laughs> Faye goes home. Emma's still mad at her. John stopped ringing him. She doesn't want to hear uh, any apologies. And then John buzzes on the intercom, comes up, and he wants to know the truth. None of this makes any sense. <laughs> John's been reading the, the Twitter comments about this story, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. He's like a voggled it. Turns um, out that this story's a bit silly. Can you explain it to me in no. words of no more than one syllable? No. Faye says, we're really sorry, but you we're responsible for your granddad's death. <laughs> and they tell him everything, but they don't really, do they? Not quite. They tell him the main so bit. I kind of bumped him a little bit with my car and he's so weak he just died. It's not my fault. They basically said, oh, we sat with him. He, th- he was really nice. He wouldn't let us phone for an ambulance. He was worried that he couldn't live independently um, it, and he'd be forced into a home. And he seemed completely fine when we left him. It's not our fault he died. I don't think they explain why Craig was there because that would probably be a bit more difficult <laughs> to defend. Um, <sighs> Emma's saying, Emma's crying. I wish I could turn the clock back. Mm. John walks out. Emma's calling after him. I love you. I love you. They haven't actually said, I love you. I love you too. To haven't each other. They? Well, he said, I love you. And she said, I love you. But they haven't said it to each other like in a normal way. That's, oh. Because he said, I love you when she said, you're dumped. And she said, I love you when he said, you killed my granddad. Okay. I think it's a bit like this, the Sandra Bullock speed situation where they only fell in love because of adverse <laughs> situations. Um... Emma's, Emma's Faye's having a, a real moment, a real pregnancy moment of pain. Um, Emma's wittering on outside the loo. Faye goes into the toilet and she's making some she's very worrying her, she's noises. She's wittering her on about John while Faye's in the John. Yeah. Um, Faye's in there like going, oh, ah, who hasn't been there though? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, and then she comes out and she says, I think I'm losing the baby. And that shuts Emma up. She's having a bit of a bleed, isn't she? Craig comes round takes it to the hospital they wait there Craig tells Faye he can't believe they came clean to John they're all going to be in trouble if he goes to the cops Craig you're a cop just take the take the report and then throw it in the bin yeah put it on right remember to put it on top of the bin hide it under Leanne's pillow <laughs> nobody will ever it's find it it's a black it. hole there um, John comes around to see Emma again and she says we had to do it we were protecting Faye and it, he's like uh, you know We've all got two granddads, haven't we? So it's one down. <laughs> you kill both of them, then maybe I'll like when he's having second thoughts about this. But go on, I'll have you. It wasn't even you my favourite granddad. So um, he says I was just happy he had a nice few hours with him. He does not seem like he was close to jo- to his granddad, does he? No. Um, Gets over it quite quickly. It, it seems to me like Emma and um, Emma and John's granddad had a, had a stronger relationship than John and his granddad. <laughs> so. Uh, he doesn't blame them and he thinks that it's destiny for them to be together which is like the weirdest premise for a rom-com I've ever heard but it works I love it it's like we're going to get Faye and Emma into a situation where they inadvertently cause the death of this guy how are they going to get out of this oh we'll just have the grandson say I don't mind yeah (laughs) and that's the end we've all got to die sometime haven't we that's how we get out of that little little problem he's like listen listen Emma where do you think I got all this cash to move to Australia from it's from dear old dead Ted isn't it Mm. he's loaded he's loaded he did me a favour in fact if he wasn't dead I'd ask you to kill him again (laughs) so meanwhile Faye's getting a scan from the nurse 
Um, <laughs> the nurse is just like, whoa, dear, there's something going wrong here. And they're all like, what, what? Nothing, just, nothing. I, I just fine. Need to go and see the doctor. It's absolutely fine. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Um, it's either an alien or there never was a baby. It's a devil inside. She's She's got the Antichrist inside <gasps> her. Maybe there was a baby, but it got beamed onto an alien spaceship. Maybe. Abducted. I think that's just the face that they do whenever they realise there's a ginger baby inside. Shut up. This is Craig's. Oh Shut my gosh, up. I didn't know he was wearing a hat. Michael, don't be stupid. You can't see hair colour. <laughs> this is like missing 411. Is anybody else into... I know it's been debunked, but it's still creepy. Where people go missing inside national parks. It's I, like that, but it's, you, it's your womb. Mm. So Anyway, no baby. It's empty. When was your last period? And Faye's like, look, it's a myth that you get your period every 28 days. Don't know what you're on. Um, I've always been pretty irregular. And the nurse says, you should get checked out by your GP. Um, so, Emma is thinking about her move to Australia. Yeah, Faye and Craig get home no more secrets. later and tell her about there's no baby. She says what happened with John, everything's fine, and she's decided she's going to Australia. Yeah, this this is no this is hashtag no more secrets and also hashtag no more baby. Why is it no more secrets? Because it isn't no more secrets. Because the em- hashtag... No, no, no. Emma and John decide no more secrets. Yeah, but it is we no more know. secrets. Yes, it you is. You can't say no more secrets in a soap unless you mean there are secrets. That's true. There that were... is true. Yes. That's why you confused me. <laughs> so... Emma starts the day by putting a foot in it by giving Faye a magazine. Faye's lying on the sofa like she's a Victorian waif. Um, she gives her a, a, a magazine which says My Baby Joy or something. Mm. She should have given her like a fishing magazine or something. There'd be absolutely no chance whatsoever of any baby talk in that. <laughs> or like a motorbike magazine. Yeah. Or like a, a model train mm. magazine. And then she could start up a new hobby and be friends with Roy. Yeah. Chess magazine. Chess magazine. That's she all the rage. Yeah, but what about the what about the article in Chess Monthly that's how to have chess with your how to play chess with your baby? <laughs> <laughs> um, they get talking about her moving to Australia and, and she's going. Oh, I've got to wait. You know, I've got to go later. He'll go now and I'll join him in a few months. Yeah, and that's like, the plan. They're going to go in two months' time. Why don't they? you go and now? She and she's like. What? You're right. That is the way we do things we, around here, isn't it? We just that's how Coronation Street the yeah. immigrations roll. We just decide on the day and then rock up to the airport. Faye goes around to number six to talk to her dad, and before she can say anything, Tim presents her with a baby Weathy County top and has decided that the baby's going to be It's gonna be a green. Going to be called Tommy. Oh yeah. Um Faye says, actually no. I'm not pregnant and I wasn't pregnant at all. John comes around before heading down to London to to, to get on the plane to go to... If that baby was going to be called Australia. Tommy and it was going to take its dad's name, which is no 50-50 choice, it'd be called Tommy Tinker. Tommy <laughs> Tinker? Tommy Tinker. It sounds, like, sounds like somebody's in a boy band with John. Because John's definitely in a boy band, you yeah. can tell. It sounds like a, a character from a kid's TV show, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Here oh, comes Tommy what Tinker. Is Tommy Tinker, what have you been doing? What, what a tinker you are, Tommy. What's that you've got? It's a spanner. <laughs> I'm going to murder a drug dealer with it. So, um, she he's going to London. She says she'll miss him. He says, go with me now. And she's like, everyone keeps saying this, but I thought I wasn't leaving today. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even packed. 
Faye tells Tim what's been going on. She says uh, the hospital doesn't seem to think there's anything that much wrong with her. Is this when she says something about antihistamines or is that later? Um, I don't remember. But Couldn't she brings it up at one point and says that that could cause a false pregnancy test. And Tim, Tim says something like, oh, well, you know all the plumbing works because you already had a baby. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I suppose that's right. Um, she doesn't, well, at some point Tim says, oh, let's just, don't, don't worry about your non-existent baby. Let's just say that that's a dry run for an actual one. But it's like, well, she's actually, she has actually had a baby. Can't Miley be run. the dry run for her Yeah. Real. Keep a baby with Craig. I don't know. Um, I did feel sorry for for Faye this week. I'm making a lot of insensitive jokes, but poor girl. And I hope there is nothing wrong with her because it can, you know. Well, we, you, a you had a look, didn't you? Pregnancy test can be nothing, it, or it could be many things. Let's that are let's get to the end of the synopsis, and you can tell us about some of the the dramatic um, future possibilities that that could befall uh, Faye in the future. Emma interrupts Tracy and Amy's flower identification session in the pub to tell them she wants everybody to come to Speed Dial later. <laughs> that was a, that was a kind of nice little throwaway scene, wasn't it? Amy and Tracy there in the booth in the Rovers, and Tracy's showing her a picture of a sunflower. And like, Even going, I could that? get to this, and I don't have any florists in the family. I know what some. There's not many flowers that I know, but I know that one. Yeah. What was the other one she showed? It was a purpley, it's purpley juicy one. Yeah, they're nice. I like you know like fuchsias, don't you? Yes. You know, they. They're ballerina plants. Mm. I thought that was quite fun. I remember being in my nan's garden and I used to pop the... You know, they they, they grow in a little pod, don't they? And mm. they, they burst open. I used to pop the little pods all the time. What other really easily identifiable flowers could Amy not recognise? Daisies? Ro- roses. Daffodils. Yeah, there's yeah. quite a few. Mm. Um, Tulips. Yeah. So she doesn't know any flowers. <laughs> and so... Um, Tracy wants to send her off to the flower market with Mary at half past three in the morning. Um, Anyway, Emma's like, I need you to come to Speed Dial later because I've got to tell Steve that I'm moving to Australia. And Steve's behind her and says, you're moving to Australia? So all all comes out. They go to Speed Dial. Emma tells them about John. Steve worries it's too soon. Tracy agrees. And well, they so, say that she's just on the rebound from Curtis. Well, they well they say to her, like, how long have you been going out with him? And Steve's like, it can't have been that long because you were going to marry Curtis at Christmas. <laughs> she falls in love quickly, doesn't she? I know, but I, I worry about that girl. You know, me and Steve, I think we're on the right, <laughs> on the same page here about this. Um, they summon John so that Steve can, you know, check him out. And he... Um, <laughs> he gets a good grill in, doesn't he? He uh, Steve's the, the fuming. The best that Steve can manage. Uh, ends on a bit of a sour note. Um, Emma's crying. She feels guilty about abandoning her dad, and she doesn't want bad blood between them. But she has to go to Australia now because it's in her head, you know. Mm. And if you don't, just if you don't go when you've decided to go to Australia, you might talk yourself out of it because of all the koalas. Yes. Emma goes around to see Steve. They have a chat. She tries to um, explain herself. She doesn't want to be sensible. She wants to be spontaneous. She says, "I love you, but I need and I need to. You need to let everybody live your life." And so he gives her his blessing. Um, I don't know. I kind of, in a way, I see her point. It's like she is really young. She doesn't have anything to worry about. I mean, given that Australia is going to let her come in. It'd be rude not to go, wouldn't it? Because I heard it's quite hard. So if they're willing to just let her walk in like that, <laughs> she must be special. So she gets everything packed up and then she goes 
Craig and Emma are rattling around the empty flat later and they decide they're either going to have a baby or go bowling. <laughs> so they decide to, get, to have a then. baby because they haven't got the right shoes for bowling. <laughs> Emma has a very socially distanced goodbye, although she does have a big old McDonald's group hug. Yeah, she has a McDonald's group hug, but Audrey's there just like, bye, bye. Audrey's like, don't come near me. Because... And even Gemma couldn't get a proper hug from her. I'm glad that they had Gemma back there because, you know, they were kind of friends. I don't think... Has Emma had anything to do with Emma this year? I don't know. But it was nice that they were... When a character leaves in the back of a taxi, they must think, right, who's the family and friends? We need to bring them all in. Never mind if they've never had anything to do with them for the past five years. Got to have them saying goodbye just so that people say don't say what about so-and-so. I think they just have a chart in their office with, like, lines between people and they go, who's got lines for this character? Mm. Gemma Winter. Gemma Winter. They were, everyone waves her off and she goes forever. Or is it? In the Possibly. taxi to Australia. There's no returns. No, it's a one-way ticket to Oz. Yep. Yep. So, what did you think, Gemma? Emma's goodbye. Did she get a, a, a decent send-off? Was a taxi goodbye good enough for Emma? Is it a bit silly that she's gone to Australia or does it just kind of fit in with her spontaneous kind of kooky crazy character? I was really, I'm going to say, really disappointed, to be honest. I don't mind that she went to Australia. I've kind of, you know, I'm kind of used to characters just deciding that I'm just going to spontaneously disappear to another city or country or hemisphere. So I didn't mind that too much. But I I thought that the actual ending themes themselves just didn't have the the quite the right feel to it. I, w- I wasn't going, oh no, Emma, we're never serious. You know, is, is that what you mean? Yeah, you... no, it was also the fact that it was unfortunate that the week, I mean, Friday's episode really for me was about Emma, um, Laura and, and Kelly. Yeah. And I didn't care about Emma. And it's really mm. unfortunate because Emma's like, was one of my favourite characters. And, um, I'm very sad that she's go she's gone. But I do feel as though Curtis's storyline took the shine off her a little bit. You know, I, f- I found it kind of silly. It wasn't and I wouldn't say it was just Curtis's storyline. That certainly did take some of the shine difficult. off of her, but she's had such a hard time with stories. They've really put Ali Mardell through the ringer this done past some weird couple of years. It's that. a real shame. Um and so on Friday it should have really been Emma's. Emma should have been the only character leaving on Friday because she has been everyone. You know, she's been a favourite character. She's been there like five, five years now. Four. Four years. She. Um. She's a McDonald. You know. She. <sighs> it almost so, felt like the McDonalds were there because they kind of tokenistically had to put them in. And and that scene with Steve at the table at number one, it's just it didn't do it for me because Steve was just being such a pillock as usual. I I just can't take anything really very much that he says seriously. And one thing it I just didn't have the emotion there for me. No, I agree with you. And one thing I also want to say is that she's the um, the most prominent um, character of colour to come from one of the big families. Mm. Like you got the Platts, you got the um, Barlows, you got the McDonalds, you got the who else? We got uh, all the big families on the street are all white, okay? And then you've got Emma. <laughs> you've got Emma, who you know she's her mum's black. She's black. She is she. she you know she had the potential of kind of creating the branch a branch of a, a major family on Coronation Street and establishing 
that I think that could have been a really interesting way to pursue making the cast a bit more diverse and I'm just gonna have to have Michael spreading his uh spreading <laughs> his seed about have to go and impregnate Sarah Louise <laughs> okay, come on let's get some plots in the family um that I think that's a, that's an important point to make yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's a big thing that she's leaving. She was a really well-loved, massive character. Everybody loved Emma, especially in the early years. Annie Mardell seems like a real sweetie. When we saw her at the awards show, she was lovely. But it just, it didn't have the... the... As far as emotional impact went, no. it was, um, it fell far short of what I was hoping. And I don't know if it was just the juxtaposition of, of her story versus... Um, you know, the, the Kelly Nealon tragedy that we were also watching. I just didn't want to see Emma's scenes. I yeah. wanted to go back to the hospital to find out whether Kelly was going to get there on time. And I really feel like Emma's character got shortchanged by by the competition. I think she should have had an episode where she could probably shine as the leaving mm. star. And, I, you know, to have a character like Emma being upstaged with an exit by Laura Nealon, who was no one's favourite character six months ago mm. you know no, that, does, that makes what, sense what a turnaround yeah yeah how, how what a weird what a weird choice what i would say though I, I, I imagine they were trying to go oh look at the you know the contrast here happy sad you know fun sad you know fun and whatever mm. but it didn't it just kind of the comparison was detrimental to emma's story it, it, it didn't have the the dialogue that i would have wanted um and, and ali mardell was was great um Amy, I was like, didn't really get a chance to shine because they had they had had some lovely sistery scenes, you know, over the last few years, hadn't they? Yeah. Um, the the Faye and Craig stuff, I'm not not particularly interested in that element to it. It's and then Gemma comes in and I, I, that just got me thinking. Like, oh, I wish that there'd been more. But I will say, I'm very very glad that Emma had a fair few very enjoyable scenes in the past month or so because she's done nothing but cry for this past year but in the past month she's had some great laughs I've, I've enjoyed all the scenes with her and John sort of sneaking about secretly the the stuff in Chariot Square last week She she's laughed again and giggled and I was worried that maybe we wouldn't get to see any of that when Ali's um, exit was announced when was it two months ago or so on just in the middle of the evening one one day on Twitter, I was thinking, oh, so she's in, stuck in this story with Craig and Faye and this stupid crutch thing. Is she just going to end up, you know, being carted off to prison or um, something like that? But at least she got a happy ending. It reminds me, in a way, of um, Becky's exit. Now, Becky's exit was fantastic. Her final scene... That's exactly what I was thinking. But that that just screamed kind of positivity and... You know what? What is it? Regrets for them. What live on the floor? We're heading for the stars. That that was fantastic. Live forever. on the floor. What was that? Ground, yeah. wasn't I, it? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I live on the floor. But but Catherine Kelly's performance, combined with a brilliant script, uh, made that exit wonderful. Well, and the guy that Becky went off with was a massive no one as well. Yeah. He's got less personality than John, and yeah. John John was just there to be a, an equal ditz to, to Emma, and that works. That the, d- yeah, but I would say don't ever if you're a stupid person don't marry another stupid <laughs> that's why i married you because um we can't have two idiots in the family you save me no i no i'm the idiot oh okay yeah right. you just can't cook <laughs> no so yeah that so it didn't really really matter who becky jetted off with no. it was just like the perfect guy with a perfect life with a perfect son um but yeah that I, just I'll worked so much better for some, for some reason i'll tell you why it worked and why this didn't 
Number one, um, Becky was escaping um, a really horrible situation with all the drama and relationship stuff that she had with Steve and the and the family thing. Yeah, because she'd just got married to Steve not long before, hadn't she? And she always wanted a child and she could never have one. Mm. And that is a very relatable thing for lots of people. Um, and she also... What else was I going to say? It was, a, it was a big contrast between what she was going towards and what she was leaving behind, mm. okay? Now, Emma, the, the story that she had with John's granddad was just kind of really silly and it felt overblown and it, it felt like it was a, it was completely manufactured by the characters. It's been very clear from literally the first week that this story has been a bit of a clunker, hasn't it? Since like the first, literally the, the first of January, wasn't it? When this happened. Oh, and now yeah. I'm thinking there's the, there's the whole reason behind this massive story just as a vehicle yeah, for Emma's exit. So, like, so oh. the, the reason the Beckys worked so well is because she was escaping something horrible and she was getting something she always wanted right mm. escaping the the you know the dire relationship childlessness to a, a ready-made family in a new country um and she's always wanted a family and she's always wanted a son mm. Be- um emma was escaping what you know the, a stupid situ- situation where they ran over some biscuits and she was going to australia and and they 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 didn't tease enough out about her missing her mum. They had the perfect opportunity for them to her uh, to talk about how she'd always wished she could live in Australia with her mum, and she misses her mum so much. And she you know she likes living in England, but you know Australia is where her heart is. Mm. But they totally didn't even bother mentioning it. That the she got a shout out on Monday, like oh it's only an hour from my mum's house. Mm. But she didn't really say anything. Like it just felt too spontaneous, and it felt like a, a really weird yeah yeah I would have liked it if they'd have been able to get Angela Griffin back on to get a couple of zoom cameos you know in the role of Fiona I just really think that they could have bigged up the fact that her mum's in Australia more it just felt like oh that's a that's a handy that's, coincidence yeah. rather than it, I mean it was massively handily coincidental wasn't it that she happens to meet somebody that's kind of like the male version of herself who happens to be going to live somewhere across the world where her mum is just down the road from it's uh yeah I wouldn't really mind I wouldn't really mind so much about that but I just felt like um like I said the obvious parallels are with Becky and it didn't it didn't hold up because of those very specific reasons Mm. and you know I don't know why um why Ali Mada wanted to to leave but if it is to do with having crappy stories, then didn't it just exactly yeah. personify that yeah. to have her go in such a stupid way? Yeah, well, we haven't done a character profile of Emma yet, but no doubt one of those is going to be coming in in the very near future. So I guess we'll be able to explore the whole uh, timeline of Emma's um four years on the street uh, when we get to that so moving on from there um any 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 other thoughts about this Faye pregnancy do you remember some of the things yes. that um that Faye could possibly have in store for her with her I think I'm pregnant but actually I'm not and I got well, a false pregnancy positive before we go any further obviously I need to say this is not medical stuff and if anybody's had something like this happen to them don't want you to panic um don't worry you're not don't a soap think character. that this is going to happen to you it's probably fine, but you need to go to talk, talk to your doctor about it. Um, it could be gestational trophoph- 
Trophoblastic disease, Isn't which includes, which okay, includes <laughs> molar pregnancy, um, and so your pregnancy test will check, test your HDC levels, and they can rise when I think she says something about having antihistamines mm. that can that can do something with it, but you can also um, have some kind of pituitary pituitary gland disorder, hormone levels, cancer of all different sorts can cause it. Um, ovarian cysts or a kidney disease or a urinary tract infection. God, now, which fact, one of those are going to be the great story of the future? The fact that Faye was in pain and she had a, a bathroom issue and a wobble makes me think that there is something going on here. Mm. But equally, if I was, you know, sometimes I get a stomachache, right? And it's no big deal. But if I thought it was pregnant, it would probably impact me a bit more and I feel it was a bit more serious. So, you know, maybe Faye just did need a fart. But because she was pregnant, she thought, oh, God, something terrible is <laughs> But I think, I think the fact that she was saying today to TMR, doc- doctors don't seem to be concerned about or the hospital doesn't seem concerned. They just said to see my GP. The fact that she doesn't seem worried about it makes it maybe seem even more likely that there is something for her character to worry about. Well, also... And it's... Oh, go on. And the fact that her and Craig have now decided that they definitely do want to have a baby right exactly. now. Exactly. So something's going to happen that she's not going to be able to have a baby. It's like, well, we've got one medical story on the go with Laura Nealon. It's all right, she's, she's dead she's now. She's dead now. Got Get the next bed. one in. Yeah, it is. It was all we've for got... the hospital this week. There was... Yeah, there's a, there's Faye a in the hospital, Laura in the hospital, Abby and uh, Toya in the hospital. There's a special, there's the the um, Weatherfield General Hospital has got a Coronation Street room that has to be filled with a character. It's like it's like when you get funding from the council and you have to spend it within the tax year, otherwise you don't get as much budget. If there's not somebody in that bed, it gets taken away and then, you know, people get left to die in a gutter. It's like it's like uh, if you've got a vacuum and then there's a little leak and the air just gets sucked into it. There's a... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whenever the vacuum. Va- yeah, it is. Yeah, nature abhors a vacuum. Yes. Um, so I... I mean, I'm not fussed that she's not pregnant. I, I, I felt a bit bad for her. I but felt sad. My overriding feelings were relief that she's not pregnant, and that's really bad. But it's just like I don't need to see anybody getting pregnant. I certainly don't. Well, I don't need Faye getting pregnant. Well, I thought it was very. I thought it was charming and sweet how excited they got, and then, you know, how confusing it was for her. They didn't dwell on it, and I don't know whether they needed to any more than they did because so many other things were happening, but. You know how confusing for you to think you're pregnant mm. and then you weren't. Yeah. Like it's it's not it's not the same as having a miscarriage, but you know you still have you still you still have the right to feel sad because mm. the outcome. The baby the same. was in your brain. Yeah. Well, I it's just, really sad. I've seen some people saying, "Well, why didn't she just te- hadn't she just taken two tests, or shouldn't she have taken two tests, or didn't you don't you take a test and then go to a doctor to confirm it or something?" Well, yeah, but it depends on what the reason. You know that. If the test is faulty, that's one thing. But if her hormone levels are out of whack for a medical reason, she could have got two false positives. You know, she could she could take as many as you like, and they'd all come out the same. Maybe she'd also she was only pregnant. She only thought she was pregnant like from last week, was it? So maybe she just didn't get a chance to go. Doctor Gaddis is too busy doing those heart MOT things that that Tim managed to get. You know, one thing that's you know worth pointing out is that it's far less likely that your test comes out positive and it's false it's more common to get a false negative yeah that's like with the covid test isn't it if you get if you've got those two red lines on your covid test then uh, you probably got a pcr or not 
Right, should we move on to the, the next tragic exit story then, the sick Neelan, Gemma? Well, this which, was more tragic. This is qu- quite more tragic, and um, I know that you don't like the sad um, the sad cancer story, so I'm interested to see what you uh, okay. what you made of this one later. But this didn't get going really until Wednesday, when Kelly is still acting in complete denial about what's going on with her mum. Last week, you remember, she went to see Laura at the hospital and was like, oh yeah, you're dying, whatever, I don't want anything to do with you. Did because... she go to the hospital to see her? Yeah, last week she did. And she was like, oh, you killed my dad, so stuff you. So I, she, hope, I hope you don't like having cats. She, she goes and heads out, and Maria tells Gary that Kelly was crying her eyes out the other night, oh, so I think, she's, I think she really is quite sad about it. Then Gary gets a phone call because Laura has asked to see him. So he heads on over to Weatherfield General, and Laura says, oh, they've had to drain fluid from my abdomen. I'm not, oh, not really in a good way at the moment. Oh, and um, she, she, she says, I'm going to see some pictures of our Kelly. I love, I love, thank you Coronation Street strip writers for making her call her R. Kelly right until the very end. Yep. Yeah, he passes over his phone and and she has a little cry because he's just given her his uh, his album selection there. I believe I can fly. No, no. No, not that R. Kelly. No. You can't joke can't about, reference that R. Kelly. You can't talk about him. Simon catches Kelly coming home from the tram stop and he's like, Oh, can I be in this storyline again, please? I haven't had much to do recently. She's got an armful of bags, she's been shopping. I this... found Simon's inclusion in this storyline very odd, and I know that they're trying to make them a thing. They've been trying to shoehorn him into her life. But in I the past really six don't months. like it. I don't think Kelly would talk to Simon. I don't think she's in there. She wouldn't look at it entice, would she? No. Anyway, which she doesn't really at this time, does she? Because he's trying to say, look, do you, do you want to tell me about your mum? And she's like, still dying. Um, <laughs> I love that. I kind of love that. She's like, yep. She's in denial. She really is upset. Uh, anyway, she doesn't She doesn't want to talk to her. So um, meanwhile, back at the hospital, the consultant's there telling Gary that Laura is being moved to a hospice now. She's literally got days left. So... Um, Please, can we try and get her family round? Um, I guess there are no other Neelands on the family tree there, so it's oh, Kelly or nothing, God. really. Um, back on the street, he, he, Gary tells Maria about Laura, and he's, he's pretty cut up about the whole thing. Maria says, yeah, we really, really do need to tell Kelly that she hasn't got long left, uh, does Laura. So later on, they tell Kelly. She's kind of shaking a little bit, uh, but heads to her room. She's still... She's decided in her head, I'm not, I'm not going to go and see her. I'm sticking with... Sticking with my decision. So um, she, she goes to her room, comes out again a bit. She's reading her magazine. Gary interrupts her and says, look, if you don't go and see your mum now, you are absolutely going to regret this. She's dying. She's not doing it on purpose or anything. And Kelly says, just don't mention mum again, please. I'm reading my magazine. Bog off. She's reading Chit Chat magazine because, sadly, Hire has ceased publication ever since the guy in charge of the company went on the lam with his murderous son. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brent, yeah. I do really. Un- I haven't seen. Ch- I haven't seen higher. I haven't seen higher magazine in the show since that happened, and I really do wonder whether they have the attention to detail. Is that they're going? Yeah, we can't have higher in it anymore because I'd like to think that. But I, I don't, don't believe it for one minute, but it would be great to to think that's the case. <laughs> do you think when you get? I was just thinking when um you you get put on the front cover of higher magazine. Oh yeah, so that go, happens often. Yeah, but do they go? You're hired. And that's their little um, pun that they make. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe it is. I don't think Stefan's a sort of fun pun guy, though. <laughs> is he not? No, he doesn't seem to be. <laughs> um, so Friday, Gary's got this big bag of stuff for Laura. He, he's bringing around her, her, her you know, 
memorabilia and bits and bobs that she wants, including a picture of our Kelly. But Kelly's not interested in it. She just says, I've got a very coincidentally timed awards due that I know need to go to tonight. Remember that? I've been nominated for Young Stylist of the Year after cutting Stu's hair twice, and I think I might be in with a chance. <laughs> so, I can't wait to see what the what the um what the opposition was like. I know. I, do, I want they? to. How did that? How did they even judge it? Did they? Yeah. Have, is there like a live hair cutting on stage that we just didn't get to see, or do they just judge them by how plunging your neckline is? Because if it's that, yeah. then no wonder made, Kelly picked up the prize tonight. If you made a really big effort with your outfit, <laughs> she looked so sparkly, didn't she, on know, Kelly tonight? And if they say maybe they did it like they do with, um, you know, Britain, Great British Sing Song. <laughs> Where the contestants come out and they say, "Hi, I'm Kelly Nealon. My mum's on a deathbed, and I, yeah, she's I really totally love got her." The sob story, and they're like, "Oh, I think we should let her through to the next round." Well, I mean, it was being broadcast on TV, wasn't it? They it probably was had the sad music I being know. played. I don't know why Kelly, um, why Laura's crying in bed. She could have just turned the telly on. And she seen could her have absolutely right done that, could not yeah. she? She did done all that. So that's our Kelly yeah. on the telly. <laughs> Kelly on the telly. <laughs> Okay, so um, they 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 they're all glamming themselves up. Does Kelly? She's got like this sparkly green number, hasn't it? She, she looks great. Um, Maria's there as well, looking quite nice as well. They go to a Rovers for a pre-award show glass of orange juice. <laughs> but they would drink it. No, they don't. Jenny gets to glug it back, doesn't she? Yeah, Jenny's like, well, waste not want not. Exactly. Um, put a bit of wine in it, make it a sangria. Is that right? Yeah, you could do that, or you could make a screwdriver, which is vodka, or you can make an orange blossom. Or a gin blossom, which is gin. Oh, thanks very much for your cocktail advice. Yeah. So Gary comes in and says, right, it looks like Laura has got hours left, not days. I've looked at the cast list for next week. Yeah, she ain't on, on it. it. Also, we're only on till nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is the this is the uh, this is the second quarter of the episode. So come <laughs> on, come on, get his gates on, lady. Kelly says she's just totally hard faced about the whole thing. Says, nope, not going to do it. I am not seeing me mum. Storms out of the pub, goes straight to Boozin when they arrive at Chariot Square. Because of course, where else would they hold the um, hairdressing awards? The bistro is already taken yeah. up by the grand final of the Young Chess tournament. And Roy's doesn't open past five. <laughs> So yeah, they're all there. Laura is um, Maria's trying to tell, get Laura to open up about um, no. Maria is trying to get Kelly to talk to her about Laura, and Kelly's like, no, 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 not now, not ever. Shut up about me, mum. Well, she's also drinking wine from the table. She is. She's she's totally boozing herself up, isn't she? Um, yeah. So she she. Um, I'm lost where I am. Well, now. she's she's boozing. She, yeah, she's boozing. Gary, Gary goes, goes to, the to the hospital. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Thank you very much. A nurse says, um, just to let you know, she's on her last um, on her last legs. You better be saying your goodbyes now. So Laura's there saying, "I want you, know, Kelly. Where is she? I need to see her." <laughs> so so. Oh. Kelly Allen, fantastic. She was so so good. Did this past you know month or so has been an absolute revelation for that character, and it kind of makes me want to go back and see some of her yeah, earlier episodes because I, I didn't appreciate the character really of Laura really so. until the last month or so. But she's been blimey, she is. Doesn't so good. it go to show you when you give sometimes when you get you give these um, actors something, they can really surprise you. Mm. She's so talented. She's really but, really good. You know when they first hired her all those years ago. Because she's been in it for a while. She's been in it two or three off. years, hasn't she? Yeah. Like, did they think, oh, we're going to kill you off, so how can how good yeah. are you at crying? Clearly not. Or did they just say, your contract's up, and she started crying, and they were like, oh, <laughs> you know what, we could use this. We were just going to have you bog off to, to Ibiza, but... 
Maybe, maybe you're right. I think you're onto something. Anyway, Gary's also squeezing out the old tears. Um, then he's like, she, she, she won't come. Oh yeah, that was really. I really shocking. tried. And and obviously the motivation behind here, Gary crying, is that he knows the reason that Kelly won't go to see her is that he's lied about. Well, she's lied about killing Rick, mm. and it is his fault. And he's just watching this and the guilt that's probably eating him up yes. to know that he's, he's the architect this. of this absolute tragedy. Mm. Before, but um, unfolding in front of his very eyes, like how could you live with yourself? I just don't know how you could live with yourself. I know, I know. Um, so anyway back at the award show kelly's won she's picked up the award and um in a nice attention to detail or maybe it was just exactly the same prop the little star-shaped <laughs> award is exactly the same one that audrey had well, a few years ago i would hope that ago. audrey didn't win the trainee uh, apprentice award i was i want if if only our tv was working properly and we could have paused it and um saw whether it said audrey roberts on the yeah. award but sadly didn't get a chance well i just really like the way that hairdressers get the most accolades of any other profession on Coronation Street. Like, nobody get you... There's no other awards for anybody else's profession. No, there's no Landlord of the Year award. or There's no, um, like, Best... um, Best Doctor. Or Best Funeral Director. Best Knicker Stitcher of the Year. No. Get a golden pair of pants. Yeah. Give give the other professions a job. Come on. Um, Anyway... So she's she's, she's one. one, and then there's this other guy, this creepy mustachioed kind of camp, but also he's pervert over Kelly. <laughs> Was he? Um, he looked like salon a salon owner. He looked like a camp Gary to me. He did, that's what. Yeah, he did. He said that when we we're watching. He's trying to poach her within minutes to come and work at her at his salon anyway. So um, Gary's Gary, not having it. No, she is not. Well, she. I think that doesn't at the end she says, "Oh, maybe you can spread your wings one day." I don't know. But anyway, Gary shows up at the awards and says. Come and see mum. Your mum is dying. Come back to her hospital, please. And she's like, sorry, you can't. I'm going to be on telly. I've got to do this interview. But Laura's going to die any minute. What should she do? She goes and does the live TV Michael. interview. What? Oh, sorry, I had to do a little burp. I was trying to not just do it. Just burping all the way through that. Sorry. It wasn't all the way through. There was just a little one at the end. She's on TV. She's totally sozzled. And she's like, I'm going to be an orphan soon. I can't wait. I love that line. That was like the best line. That was a good the, line. Of the week. Um... So you're going to be judging this week's out, uh, episodes out of how many ecstatic orphans out of five. <laughs> Do you remember that well, one? Well, she knows, later? listen, she knows she's a fictional character and there's nothing that makes a fictional character, especially as a child, more interesting than the parents dying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's how Harry Potter started. Exactly. That's how, I don't know, Annie started. That's how... BFG. Yeah, so many great stories start with your Lemony parents dying. Snicket. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Meanwhile, I, don't, I hope Abby's not um, being really, really loud, listeners, because she's been gradually edging towards oh, no, the, the microphone throughout the whole of this recording. Well, oh, no, also, she's got to go and sit on my she jumper. She also was just trying now. to pull the wire out with her paws <laughs> from the laptop. So if no, we she's just trying to get hair all over my black jumper at the end of the bed. It's fine. Anyway, she's on TV. Who is Abby? Kelly is on the telly. And um, so later on, Simon finds her all maudlin in Victoria Gardens. She says, oh, but she tells him about Laura killing Rick. So somebody else knows now. Or does it, is it, is it not a secret? I don't know. He didn't seem to know this uh, information, did he, beforehand? But maybe she should have done. He should have done. I don't know. I don't think it's widespread knowledge. Anyway, um, so she says, yeah, not only is she dying, she's being charged with murder. Meanwhile, Gary's going absolutely spare. He... Okay, he's getting a bit fed up with this by the by this point in the episode. He's gonna get Kelly to see his mum, whatever happens. I mean, he, I, I, he's quite good at. 
I imagine locking people in car boots and driving them around. He learned that as a tactic when he was doing his loan shark yep. didn't he? Yeah. But he doesn't need to go this far, unfortunately, because I would have quite enjoyed seeing this. Um, he just ends up taking her there, but it's, it's too. They're, they're too late. Oh no! There, there was a scene where Maria's there with Laura. She Maria's the last person that Laura sees. I know. It's, and it was it was sad because Maria's there at the end of the bed, and and Laura's like saying, "Oh, Kelly, is that you?" She's there clutching the photograph. Maria says, "No, oh sorry, it's God. me, Maria." I and think then, if I was on my deathbed and away. Maria was... I the, I it could have been many other Coronation Street characters that I wouldn't mind sharing my final moments with. But Maria, come on. Who, who would you most like to see on your deathbed? What, which Coronation Street character? Yeah. <laughs> um, who would be the nicest to you? Maybe just Billy, somebody to... Yeah, Billy would help you. Like Billy, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen now, but could you do a prayer? He might make me feel a bit better. Yeah. Be like, oh, you're going to see Jesus, and you'd be like, are you really sure, Billy? Are you really? Yep, definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, he'd be quite nice. Rita. Oh no, Rita would be, like, would be singing. Rita She'd would be singing me. To, to, Rita to would sleep. tell you some kind of fable or like parable or some, you know, be like, at least you bloody blah blah blah. And you'd be like, I don't want to hear it, Rita. Mm. Maybe, what about Jenny? Jenny might make a, fun, a funny joke. Yeah. Abby wouldn't know what to say. Tim would say something stupid. So would Kirk. Beth would say something mean to you about your hair being crap. Maybe Rosie Webster. <laughs> Unless they'll die happy. I don't even want to know why <laughs> that is Okay. consideration. Um, I don't know. Let's let's. Hope. We don't know, but we're gonna say categorically that Maria's not even in the top she's fifty. She's not. She's not really not. Anyway, by the time Gary and Maria get to the hospital, too late. Maria actually, Samia was doing a really good job in yeah, that yeah. last scene, wasn't she? Yeah. She's just dissolved into tears, yeah. leaning up against the hospital wall. But um, yeah, Kelly goes in and. Um, Millie gives like such a fantastic performance because Laura's lying there. She's completely pale, isn't she? She's she's laid out on the bed. She is one hundred percent dead. Maybe even one hundred and ten percent dead. I thought she'd do a Jon Snow, lying there all pale and suddenly (gasps) wake up again. No, she didn't. And then and Millie, Millie Kelly just kind of crawls over her, doesn't she? I couldn't she? believe and, this. Because I was, I was definitely expecting a really uh, powerful performance because I know that she's a fantastic actress. But I was expecting, you know, a sort of clutching your... Your, your chest by the side of the bed or like holding onto the rails or something. But mm. she just... I don't know... I don't know whose idea it was for her to crawl onto the bed like that. But it was so raw... And she really, honestly, was sobbing like she genuinely, I have you know, genuine sadness, like heart wrenching, soul destroying, bleak sadness. I think Sally Carmen was probably there in the wings, going, "Calm down, lady. I'm Um, I'm the crier around here. Thank you very much. You're trying to get those awards off of me. Weatherfield War Works is my award. (laughs) She she was she was so that was probably one of the best performances I've seen on Coronation Street. Well, long long. But there are so many. This is the trouble. There are so many fantastic performances especially from the actresses when they give them something to cry about mm. they can be quite convincing thank goodness for those eased covid <sighs> restrictions like you were saying earlier because long gone are the days where they had to get harry Vizanoni's girlfriend in to to do yeah, as double true. as, as abby's hand but i think that laura was really dead so she doesn't really matter if she 
I, I don't think she down. is. I've seen. They wiped her Kel down with um on the, with Instagram since she's fine. With some anti back stuff, mm. so that you can just crawl all over her and it, you won't get COVID. <sighs> anyway, and she's gone. I, yeah, that that was uh, that was some some tragic stuff, and um, it really, really in, in was many ways kind of close to I home. Believe it to experiences that mm-hmm. that I have had. Um, I mean, it did. It did, in a way, take me back to when Mum died, and that was that was going on like six, seven years ago now, wasn't it? Did it was was it uncomfortably close for you? It it yeah, in a way, because it reminded me not just of that, but also of my nan. You know, she yeah. she declined, and she was. I remember seeing her in in bed shortly before she died, and I think a lot of people will watch this. Will have had experiences like this, and. The other thing I think, um, the story of not being there to say goodbye for whatever reason that could be, is especially poignant now, given we've had two years of the pandemic, and mm, where people couldn't be. There's been all this time go. of Zoom goodbyes, haven't there? Just the just the number of people who just could not could not go to the hospital, weren't allowed to go, had to say goodbye to their relatives on Zoom or not at all. Mm. I think, uh, it was. I think Kelly was crying for everybody, you know. Mm. I, I I feel so so bad for Laura because you know it was when when Mum was in the hospice and we spent a lot of those last you know four or five days with her there, and they were at, uh, as tragic and horrible and sad as a time as it was. It was a real kind of special moment, wasn't it? And the, the thought of Mum not being able to have, you know, me spent, and, and my dad got, and my sister yeah. and you there. We got to spend a lot of time with her. Yeah. And, and when when talk Laura to her about things and and yeah be without just be there because she wasn't she a lot of you know she she when she was at the end she didn't know I don't well she wasn't couldn't talk or anything no um, but she knew that we were there she she did and and, and I'm I'm trying to I, I've kind of lost track a little bit of the days of when mum of when mum was declining but it was maybe maybe the last day or two yeah I really she didn't it, know what was going on particularly but you know a few days before that we, we were chatting away and, and yeah. having and having jokes and laughs and everything and and and, and you know I was what I was watching this scene thinking oh how, how how realistic is this because you know Wednesday's episode Laura was fairly what's the word corpus menti or whatever well, she was fine. She, she was kind of fine she she, she looked she looked sick but she was very kind of normal there. Yet on Friday she was dying, and I was thinking that's a bit quick. But then it is different for everybody. It's different for everybody. I don't know what you know. I don't know what the difference is between the cancers. Like your mum had a different sort of cancer and everything. But, yeah. Um. You know when when you're sick and you're dying of cancer, I don't think that you're really able to say a lot. So I think that Laura was a bit more lucid than you would have probably. She was very, been. very lucid. For story purposes, because the, the last day that Mum was alive, she was just completely out of it, and she was just just breathing, and that was it, wasn't it? She couldn't have asked for anything. Um, but then, also, we had a couple of days before Mum died, where randomly she started talking in French every now and then. And only you could understand what she was saying, and you had to talk to her in French, and everyone else was that just was going, so "What is weird. happening?" For whatever reason, my mum decided to start. To, didn't yep. decide. She just talked in French for 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 periods of time, and then she went back to English again. <laughs> she didn't know why she was doing it, <laughs> no, but I she found. Fa- but she, she found she it. Was. She, she, I she think she did. Funny. She thought it was funny that she was doing it, and that's what I was saying. Yeah. Even though it was a horrible, horrible <laughs> time, it was a it was a 
it was a family time. Well, there were memories that you have. That yeah, sad, and but... I and I feel so bad for for Laura that she that her final oh, days were just with Gary and Maria. And, wow. and just and longing yeah. for this daughter to come and and the re- and, and she knew and she, yeah and she knew that the reason that Kelly's not there is well, partly because she's been a terrible mum for all her life yeah. but also because she is lying to cover for Gary and, and at any time Laura could right. have said tell you what I didn't actually kill yeah. Rick and I wonder if she had said that whether Kelly would have been right back again going oh mum 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 so oh my god the oh, fallout this... from this well, shit Kelly's going to find out. You reckon? Kelly's going to find out. She has not taken the secret to her grave and there it will stay. And Gary's going to confess or somehow it's going to come out. And I'm living for that moment now. You know, Millie Gibson has has really... I was already impressed with her. I already thought she was fantastic. The scene today kind of knocked her into a whole new level Mm. of talent. And... You know, sometimes when you know a certain scene is going to, inevitable scenes coming up, you think, oh gosh, how are they going to do this? How are they going to handle it? I hope that they, they, you know, the pressure as well is going to be immense. But I'm really confident that the scene where she finds out that Gary's lied to her and and she's the reason that she didn't get to say goodbye to her mum. And at any point he could have told her the truth and she would have, like you said, flown to her mother's side and she would have got, gotten to say goodbye. He's stolen that from her. Yeah, and so that I'm guilt really, is going to be eating away at Gary He's going to feel guilty. Maria's going to feel the same because she could say something if she really wanted to. Yeah, and, and so is Basically, Kelly because she she could have said, well, I made the decision, but I made it too late. Why didn't I swallow my pride earlier and get down there? No matter what she did to my dad... Um, I could have done it. And imagine how scared. Like Laura literally said, I'm scared. I don't want to Mm. die alone. Just the thought that she was alone with Maria. Yeah. Like when she was dying, it's horrible. It's really horrible because nobody knows what comes next. And if there's nothing, that's the last thing that she had on this earth and all she wanted was her daughter I wonder whether she'll have recorded like a little message for her or something because I think I would have done if I'd if I'd thought that she wasn't there was a chance that she wasn't going to turn up and I know Maria had said to her she's on her way but that was obviously just to placate her if I was Laura yeah. I would have I would have recorded a, a goodbye message to her and oh that, that's going to be my that's God. just going to be gut wrenching all over again if that's true or maybe she records a message Saying I didn't actually, yeah. I didn't kill Rick. No, I don't think she'd do that because it would kind of. I hope that that's not what whether it would have been for nothing. It negates her sacrifice. But I hope it does come out because otherwise they're they're just kind of kicking it a bit further down the road, aren't they? Saying we're going to put this off for a little bit longer. Okay. I know that there has been massive storyline progression in that Rick Nealon's body has been found now, so everybody know he's dead. But Gary is just. He is ultimate Teflon, isn't he? He's just like la la la. I'm getting away with it yet again, and I'm thinking, no, you cannot. You cannot get away with this, Gary. I think it is. I hope it is, and I hope Mikey um, is, is, you know, up for the challenge of seeing Gary's reaction because any normal person, you're right, this would absolutely eat them up. And he's going to want to confess. And Maria's going to probably be the one to still tell him, don't confess. I mean, he well, wanted to confess last week, didn't he? If if it, after all this, he confesses, you know, it's all for nothing then. Because, you know, mm. she died and, and Kelly couldn't say goodbye because yeah. he didn't say anything. And Sarah still knows, of course. Oh, my God. So that there's a, there's a group of characters that know the truth here. Yep. And I, I really hope that it comes out. But well, I wouldn't want to be in Gary's shoes when Kelly 
discovers that Gary knows the truth. Maybe she's good. Maybe Kelly's going to end up kicking him to death. Yeah, kick him to death. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's good like, at that. Might as well be hung for a sheep as for a lamb. Yeah, she won't make up, honestly. Um, I how beautiful wanted... I am. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just want to say, um, we're being really mean to Maria, but she so did her best telling she Laura, did. I, you're I... a good woman. And and um, I don't have trying to comfort good... her. Yeah, she she was she really, really good. Really tried her best. She's the only person that was there. She wasn't the person that Laura wanted, and she knew that. And she knew that Laura was waiting for for Kelly. And she also knew that she. <sighs> they both know that Kelly is is not there because of the secret, because mm. of the lie that she's told. Yeah. Oh gosh, imagine being Maria. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. And she did a really good job, as as good as she could have done, and and yeah, she yeah, did it she for did. Laura. She did. Um, I'm I'm very curious to see what happens at the funeral. Because, as you know, funerals <laughs> in Coronation Street are traditionally places for big revelations to come out or fights or something. Oh Kelly's going to go along God. to the funeral now, isn't she? She now feels that... so bad she's going to have to. And, oh, and Gary's going to be there. We, we've seen guilty people at funerals before, like, you know, Richard at Maxine's funeral and, and stuff. And he, he's going to be, the camera's going to be on him and he's going to be, you know, gnawing away at his knuckles, just thinking, oh, I'm going to, shall I say something? Or, <laughs> or maybe he's going to be called to do a speech or something like that because, Kelly can't do it herself I don't know but um, that should be quite intense stuff so I'm very much looking forward to that and also wondering what consequences all of this is going to have on Maria's political career which has gone somewhat quiet since the election hasn't it she's a councillor but everybody's forgotten about it since then she's not going to want this truth to come out partly because she doesn't (sighs) If, if if it comes out and she's fired from being a councillor, then who's what gonna save the world then? Nobody. Who's gonna protect the earth from this scourge of pollution? No, exactly, exactly. Um, one thing I want to say is that now, now we've got um, Kelly like uh, she got her stylist award and everything, um, and she didn't get to say goodbye to her mum, even though she changed her mind at the last minute and wanted to. Isn't it kind of a bit like what happened with Audrey? I wonder whether. Audrey and Kelly, I don't think this will happen, <laughs> will have a scene together because Audrey wanted to say goodbye to Alma. Oh, yes. And she did. They didn't, can bond over that. And she didn't go in until it was too late. She was outside the house and she wouldn't go in. Yeah, yeah. Because they had a falling out. That's very true. That's very and, true. And she waited too long to go, just like, just like Kelly did. Yeah. I still think when I compare the two scenes, I think I prefer the Audrey and Alma scene I just, just because thought, of the characters that are there okay but I just thought that Kelly's like M- M- um, Millie Gibson's performance was so honest and raw and tragic and it felt almost obscene to watch because it was like a private moment that we were spying on mm. Do yeah, you know what I mean a, yeah no that's a good it way was, of putting it like you can imagine that happening mm. you can imagine a girl doing that and her heart wrenching sobs were just Horrific. Mm. Did you were you expecting her to get there too late, or did you yeah. think that they'd have? I say I didn't. I thought that they might be have a final scene together. Maybe even when Laura was whispering something to Kelly about, I didn't really do it. I was quite. I was <laughs> I actually didn't really do it. <laughs> didn't really. I was actually quite surprised when they got there and and Laura had gone. But um, I think it was probably the right decision at the end of the day. Was, I guess so. I mean, it's sad and. <sighs> It, it was horrible to watch. Let's I move on know. to another tragedy. <laughs> the, the the breakup of Batters Beeb, Gemma. Happy Babby Baby. Over to you. 
Okay, on Monday, Leanne is over at Toya's. Sisters are doing it for themselves. Toya's trying to get her head around what's happened. Why was why did why did Imran sleep with Abby? Were there others? And she's also talking about the fact that she's been told that she can't. Well, that that now they can't adopt Elsie, her and Imran. And Toya, and Leanne says, why don't you try to adopt her by yourself? Um, we we cut to Imran, who's now living at the lawyer's office. He gets a phone call from Adam about um, him coming back to work. Then he sees a message from Toya saying she's coming round to see him. So he quickly cle- clears up all the mess. It's, the lawyer's office always is a massive dump. But Imran's okay. taken it to a new level. Now he's using it to doss down. And... Yeah, it's a bachelor pad. <laughs> Imran tells Toya that uh, she and Elsie mean everything to him. And she's like, she holds him in absolute contempt this whole week. Yup. Too late for that. It's over. Just wanted to let you know that I'm going to adopt her by myself so I don't need you anymore. She is hard-faced, that Toya, isn't she? Welcome to feminism. <laughs> uh, Lou comes round, who is the social worker. Yeah. Um, she comes to Toya's flat and Toya's like, sorry about <laughs> how I blew up the meeting <laughs> in a really unprofessional and unmaternal way. But God, the drama, eh? It was really exciting. Um, Got loads runs, of likes on YouTube. Yeah. Imran's moving out and I've told Elsie, um, you know, I've been very careful about what I say to her about, about him and everything. So, But she knows. She knows that something's not going on, she says. Um, and she says, I reckon I can offer her, Elsie, a stable home. And, and Lou's like... Um, She's not a horse. <laughs> Lou's... Sorry, I'll let you carry on after that. <laughs> Uh, Lou says, I don't really think that's going to work, actually. It could do in other circumstances, but Lou kind of says that you're in the middle of a massive upheaval here. I, I don't think you are yeah, stable and enough. And I don't know how much of this is actually her reacting to what Toya did at the meeting, but I really think that Toya did herself no favours by just literally... Yeah, it blowing it arms. Like, if she had approached it in a slightly different way, she might have looked more emotionally stable and, and Lou might have gone, yeah, I can see, I think you're handling it in a really good way. Mm. But she didn't at all. She just started pointing fingers and shrieking. Brilliant. <laughs> so, Toya goes t- to um, look at Alfie in the hospital. She has a sneaky look at hospital, yeah. um, And she gets interrupted she by Abby. plastic blue bib. Abby says, Toya, I, d- I didn't want to hurt you. And Toya's like, ah! Oh, yeah, this was a great scene. Yeah, this was really Abby powerful. Abby versus Toya. This was great. This was fantastic. I love this. Both of them amazing um, actors, as we as we know, and uh, the, the, te- the emotional trauma of this. And kind of Abby's like, oh, you know, it wasn't even worth it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Toya's fuming. She's saying, I can't even... I can't even adopt Elsie now because of you. She's going back in the care system. Abby says, I thought this was my last chance to be a mum. And Toya says, I never had one. This is what I've been waiting for ever since. Abby and Imran had that one night stand all those months ago. I was thinking, Mm. oh, the most dramatic thing here will be the baby. And then this kind of conflict between Abby and Toya and Imran where... Toya's only ever wanted a baby and now she has to watch this drug addict uh, horrible useless woman she thinks now she was on her side a few weeks ago um raise this baby when and and also take the chance of her have, being able to do that away yeah. from her at the same time double whammy 
Abby says, I feel terrible about ruining our friendship. And Toya says, a friendship based on lies. I should have left you to rot. Guys, is this Georgia Taylor who's sitting next to me on the yeah. bed here? Where, where I did, did you come really want to say thank you to my acting coach <laughs> and to, um, to Georgia Taylor for the inspiration. I mean, I don't want you to feel bad about how much better I am I, I, at I, reading I, these lies than you are, <laughs> but you'll get there one day. I, you know, I am starting to wonder now, this is the right time of year for the nominees. For there are so things. many amazing things happening on this I, show and so many amazing performances and it's like it feels unfair for for everybody i think that <sighs> millie's definitely going to be up for a shot for the best actress of uh, you know best dramatic performance on one of those but i think that if if they play their cards right they could have georgia up for but some how awards would you this year pick i pick georgia because she's our friend <laughs> abby says don't, don't, don't care about the rest of you there's but... still room for um millie to be our friend if she wants to we yes she's <laughs> If you want us to nominate you for an award, we're very influential. <laughs> yeah. Um, Abby says... I, I, I have to confess that quite a few award ceremonies we don't actually get round to voting in, do we? I thought you always did. I, I used Well, I I'm used really to. mad about, about me I, voting. I wish I had not voted for Will Smith to win that Oscar. If I'd known <laughs> what he was going to do, I would not have voted for him. Yeah, I forgot you remember I did the not Academy, even, aren't you? I did not even watch the film he was in. I just gave it to him for his performance in After Earth. If if Georgia Taylor gets um, nominated for an award, I absolutely promise I, I might even vote twice. <laughs> I'm going to get a new phone just to vote. <laughs> I might set up a new Extra email one. Yeah. Um, but no, honestly, I think that she could, I think that she could be up there this year. They're just heartbreaking. Year. And also, Abby. Sally Carmen's got her awards. <sighs> Let somebody else have a go. Everybody's too good. Abby t- says... I can think of some actors who probably won't get nominated from Coronation Street this year, naming no names. But you're right, it's going to be difficult to whittle them down to who I'm going to say that there might be some people that aren't doing their best work <laughs> but you know i can also think of people who aren't doing their best work that are getting nominated for awards but i don't i, I can think of people <laughs> i can absolutely think of someone well i've barely recently been nominated for a soap awarding for coronation street and is maybe not doing their best work at the moment but, well you know. i can think of someone who's who's doing their best work and it's still crap <laughs> oh dear right okay abby <laughs> says to toya you would be a brilliant mum if you could make it up with Imran and and uh, Toya's massive go like nope never gonna forgive either of you I can't believe you'd even say that how could you blah 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 etc <clears throat> that's exactly how she did it <laughs> award winning <laughs> later Abby goes to see Imran in the office and she feels guilty about destroying Toya's life and Elsie Imran's gutted Toya's upset and she has every right to be oh this was sad this, they like to end this week's episode with This was just, what are they doing they? to us this week? Later on, Toya breaks the news to Elsie that Imran is not going to be seeing much of them anymore and he still loves her, but she's also going to be moving to her forever family. And she and um, Toya tells Elsie that they'll love her just as much as she does that and was she'll so miss her. Bloody gut wrenchingly heart achingly she cute, was so wasn't sweet. it? And well, Elsie's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> la, la, la. Can I take my castle? Yeah, with I'll me? take my castle with me. I don't care about anything else. <laughs> No, oh, when she called her forever family it was kind of sweet but I was also thinking of that's what they call it when you adopt something from the, the animal shelter isn't it I did think it's she's not a cat I know but is that what they call it as well forever family 
it was it was really 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 well played it was a sad scene oh it makes me so i didn't even think about them doing that scene to be honest um because it's always a bit of a risk when you have a a child performer yeah i mean she didn't have much she just kind of they they it it worked she reacted a little bit but um, yeah, it's usually the camera was mostly on Toya. I'm really surprised they went for that scene, but it was really worth it. Well, it this was good. this scene that we were robbed of from tonight's episode of um, Toya saying goodbye to Elsie, which surely will maybe just happen on Monday now because they can't they can't not do that. That's going to be another. another <laughs> ooh, Sorry, that's going to be another heart wrencher, isn't it? It's residual emotion. <laughs> just snotted out onto yeah. your tissue now. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Wednesday. Sad times. Toya's with Leanne. Lou calls around in the flat. I don't know what she says because you haven't written it down. Uh, nothing in the cafe later, Imran wants to sit with Toya and she's like, he can't sit with us. It's Wednesday and you're not wearing pink. And like, through gritted teeth, she tells him she can't adopt Elsie anymore and you better come around later to say goodbye to her for her sake, not for you. And also, you've been reported to the Solicitor's Regulation Authority. How about that? Gulp. And she also says... Come out at three and be gone by three fifteen. But clearly, in the scene following, he was round at like twenty to four, and he's still not gone yet. If I was Toy, I'd be fuming. Well, those lawyers like to stay longer than they need to, aren't they? Just They're to get, all to get the, the billable hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, he comes round later, tells um, Elsie it's been an honour knowing her, and he leaves with tears in his eyes. Another sad scene. And then he goes off and sees Alfie because he's cheating on Elsie with Alfie. And Abby says. Um, I'm only letting you see him because you're going through tough times. Yeah, because she'd banned him from yeah. seeing him before, hadn't she? He basically says, I need my son. Toya's never going to forgive me. I've taken away the life she should have lived. And this makes me even more determined to fight for Elsie. Alfie. Alfie. Al- yeah, Alfie, not Elsie. I've written Elsie in the notes here. Either, Again, also... Either or. As long as if you can have I'll one of them. I'll fight for whatever. I'll have a fight. Give Who wants a to kid. fight? Again, also, Charlie DeMello as Imran. Oh, it's like, oh, you don't know yourself. I really want to hate Why? you, Imran, but I can't. Really? Uh, uh, he's so, it's so hard to watch him. Be so sad. He's it's doing great. He, he knows he's made a massive, massive mistake. I know, I know that we are seeing him being sneaky some of the time, but I feel so bad for him that just like, little moment of madness when he was at a quite low point Whatever. last autumn has, has led to this. I, I, Charlie's doing I a great job. Charlie's doing a wonderful job. I I can't see a sad ending. I can't see a bad ending for Imran. If he if he you can't gets, see a bad ending. No, no. For I mean, Imran. I I don't think I, I can. I can only bear. see bad endings for Imran. I, oh, I don't want him to be villainized. I want I want him to have some kind of redemption for this because he is a good man at heart. What can he do now? He's lost his he's lost his job. He's lost his girlfriend. He's lost his house. He's lost his daughter. The only thing he's got left now is Alfie. Could could he maybe help Toya in, in getting Elsie? Maybe would she accept his help? That'd well, be interesting. If, new, if he could, if like, he could say, I, "I am a lawyer and I can use my magic lawyer wand to magic you um, some no, kind of papers." Work. The only way it would work is if they got back together again. But if I was Lou, I'd say you're really unstable. This is not. I don't believe right. you. Yeah, but even if it is genuine, I can't. I cannot give. I cannot let you adopt Elsie when you're buggering around and breaking up and getting back together again. Mm. Do you think that Imran is going to end up getting Alfie? Because I I don't think that Alfie's going to end up being, you know, just fostered or adopted away to some rando family. I would hope that they're not going to kill off <laughs> rando Alfie. Rando family. Not after Ollie. So either Imran or Abby's going to get 
him. Or, or Toya is. That's not out of the question still, is it? I mean, in real life, I don't see how that would happen, but in Soapland, maybe. It is really interesting. What could, you know, at the moment, Abby and Imran are a sort of semi-united front, aren't they? Yeah. They're both trying to get Abby to get custody of this kid, but she's already failed at the first hurdle. Mm. Now he's on the certificate as the dad. If, you know, I don't understand why they haven't just automatically gone, well, she's not good enough, so the dad has to take custody. Yeah. But Cause there's gonna be are they going court to... Thing, isn't at there? some point, though, are Abby and Imran going to end up at loggerheads or... What, fighting over him? Yeah, or are the courts going to force them to pick? Is Imran going to have to cut ties with Abby in order to to, to take custody of Alfie? Because, you know, if, yeah. they've, if they've said she's not good enough... She can't look after him. We're going to have to put him into care. And then Imran says, well, I'll, I can take him. Well, that'll be a bit like when Seb wanted to adopt the um, yeah. the, the uh, Charlie and Lexi and, and Abby was going to have to move away or have nothing to do with them. Um, so, yeah, maybe. Ugh. Maybe that's what's going to happen. Maybe, maybe well, Imran's really... going to win custody of Alfie and he's going to have to move away just to... Oh, gosh, it's well, so I sad. Don't know. I can't think of any positive outcome for this, no, but I'm no... still loving it. <clears throat> There's no good outcome. I mean, what is Imran going to do for a job now? Yeah. Male model? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Is he going to end up like David Duchovny in Zoolander where he's a hand model and he has to keep his hand in a special vault? I think he's going to be a lamp lighter or a window cleaner. Something where he, you, you, being tall is beneficial. I think you can use a ladder. Basketball player. Yes, professional basketball player for the we weather, Weatherfield Wanderers. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, tragic. Um, uh, can I just say as well, I enjoyed Leanne's inclusion in this story. I know, I did like this. when um... In a rare minor role where she wasn't the leading <laughs> yeah. lady. I She's don't know like, whether Jane Danson... Can Danson's I be sad <laughs> yeah. about this? Can I make, how can I make this about me, Leanne? Can I be in this story but just a few scenes? Yes, Jane, you can. Oh, Fantastic. okay, yeah, because I actually want to go home to my real family. <laughs> yeah, so that that was cool. It was good that they remembered her, and it was nice that Leanne and Toya were getting scenes together, which doesn't just end in them falling out just for drama's sake. And I really did like, um, there was a scene with the chess, in the chess um, story, where Nick's asking after Toya, and mm. Leanne's like, no, she's not doing, she's not doing great, but I'm going to give her some sisterly support. And I was like, yes, the matters new sisters. Yeah, it was cool, cool stuff. Um, t- still probably in this situation, you know, in real life, Janice might show up to support, but I don't think we're going to be seeing her. I don't think she'd be helpful soon. though, would she? She'd just, she'd probably get herself arrested trying to beat Imran to death. I want to see Janice versus Abby. That would be the ultimate bitch fight, wouldn't it? That would be like raw, rolling around in the mud kind of... Uh, no, yeah, that would be definitely WWF standard. Blood spurting everywhere. I think that would be quite cool. But uh, They'd have to show it after nine after, o'clock. after the watershed. Maybe yeah. that's going to be the Britain's Got Talent week. Big stunt this week, <laughs> this year. Abby versus Just like Janice a whole Battersby. week-long epic battle like in like naruto yeah speaking of epic battles Gemma, let's move on to the next story the thrill of the chess get ready for this do you think you could you, uh, you you're taking your heart medication is because... this can i just say is this the climax of the chess storyline do we have to watch any more chess or is this as chessy as it's gonna I get i don't know i don't know i this feel was really a real bad gamble. for the person who thought up the idea of putting a chess competition it was just the, the game of chess okay can i just imagine 2022's coronation street storyline schedule the conversation that happened in the writers room they were like going we, we could do a chess storyline and somebody going 
Do you really think our viewers are going to understand chess? And them going, yeah, they're bright. They're, they're intelligent people. Queen's Gambit came out. If they can follow that, they can follow chess on Coronation Street. And then cut to me going, I don't know what's going on. You, it's not about following it. It's not like with it's not like with poker when they show me. the cards that the characters have. And they're we go, showing uh. you the they're showing you the moves and going, always oh, put it, this one here. Look at that. I don't, How about it that? doesn't matter because it, they literally they they show the move of the pieces around the board a bit. One of them says checkmate, and you go, oh, that means one of them's won. I yeah, don't I think know, we're needing I, to I follow it. Missing. It's just not very exciting. It's not very interesting. But anyway, this this was on for all three episodes this week. We started off with um nick getting sam ready for his holiday club but he's not so keen about going to what, space, space camp. camp wasn't it yeah he wants to be with his friend roy maybe he's seen that um channel four show where they pretend they're going to space and he's like not going to be tricked that way oh yeah that was great space cadets. i love that space cadet has anyone Absolutely. else seen space was it, who's it johnny johnny vaughan was johnny the presenter vaughan. Of that, yeah. that was just the most irresponsible that we've ever got. If you haven't seen Space Cadets sh- or heard about it, the premise was it was a reality TV show where they tricked a load of people into thinking that they were going to be it, they're go going to, to go to space and they, and they kind put of, them in <laughs> they put them in a virtual reality simulator kind of thing and they said look we're in space now and in the end they said haha we're not really in space. <laughs> not really in space you idiots. It was very very fun. It, it was, was about 15 years ago was it that was It was maybe? the most ridiculous thing honestly and I don't know how and like it was it was so fascinating because they were on this fake spaceship weren't they and they were yeah. going I don't think we're really had, in space. They, and they had to try and explain why they weren't like having zero gravity and stuff. Yeah. It was fun. It was utterly anyway, ridiculous. We digress. So um bring it back. Nick goes over to see Roy who tries to make him see that you know maybe all this chess that Sam wants to play is actually an outlet for his grief after his mum's death. Yeah, and how I was about thinking, that? Is, is that how Roy is able to live with himself, knowing that he's ever so slightly responsible for Natasha's death, that he's thinking that this chess game is making him feel better about it? I don't know. But anyway, he says, maybe chess is the solution, not the problem. And Nick does a thinking face. So <laughs> I think he agrees with Roy with that one, maybe. think. Yeah, he goes, hmm. Puts his... Puts his his four, his four finger, his index his finger, and his chin. thumb on his chin, and go, hey, maybe mm. onto something there, Mister Cropper. Hang on a minute. And um, Roy tells By Nick, Jove. "There's a there's a children's tournament going on at the local Catholic church this week." And um, so, Roy, so it's not, why, though, why, is it? it's not because it turns out that the church has got a is it leaky roof or something. Or is the church actually just the bistro? And all this time, people have been going there. We've been making fun of them for being greedy pigs, but they've actually just been worshiping. Maybe. And also having a sausage. I I, I was waiting to see some kind of reaction make any from jokes Nick about there. Church there. Oh, no, thank you. I was waiting to see a reaction from Nick there because he had he's got an experience with the local Catholic church, yeah. hasn't he? Because he was a choir boy at that local Catholic Only church. Only football. Yes, exactly. Right I'm surprised that they said you can't be in the chess tournament unless you also join the choir. <laughs> yeah because <laughs> we need some new blood um anyway so anyway they're, they're gonna he's gonna go and do that so um i'm lost where i'm in my notes now well, it's not they really go that. home they go home nick tells sam that he was wrong to stop <sighs> him playing his chess and tells him about this tournament and maybe i could take you tomorrow and sam says like the sound of that yeah tournament wonderful the only thing i want to change is that i want you taking me actually dad can roy take me and nick oh. says fine oh. but then he does a sad face Oh, he's had all the faces. He's had a thinking, thinking face, face, sad, sad face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I miss classic angry Nick. Where's we? When are we going to see his angry face again? I want to. Yeah, I want to see him do a Hulk smash. Mm. 
He should have done that after the girl beat Sam in the tournament he should have just today. Like, yeah, pounded her to death with his fist. I want, no, I just wanted to see him slam the fist on the table and have the pieces flying everywhere. That's the neck we know this is, this is the thing I keep saying. I don't understand this chess game. Why doesn't somebody just fling the pieces everywhere? That would be exciting. <laughs> Um, Wednesday's episode yeah it turns out the church hall is out of action what do you know so um, Nick's offered up the bistro for the tournament and this is the kind of bit of suspension of um, disbelief we have to live with for the rest of the week isn't it that the bistro literally seems to be closed for the remainder of the week just so that they can have about three chess games is yeah it? and Debbie's like this is fine <laughs> no apparently no, Debbie, Debbie's not happy with it but we don't get to see her um, oh, okay. anger here well no because it's justifiable isn't it because these, ch- these children are aren't buying you know elaborate meals are they and also even sam doesn't want to eat he doesn't want his want to brioche eat. does he today yeah, brioche, brioche and mango juice no what a horrible combination <laughs> um nick tells roy he's a bit worried about what's going to happen if sam loses and roy says well don't don't forget the moral of the storyline is it, it's fine to lose sometimes you've got to learn to live with that um and so sam um and roy says to sam that maybe you should let nick your dad take you and Sam says, okay. So they go over to the bistro, play a bit of chess. Sam made it to the semi-final against some spotty team who was played by um, Jude Riordan's brother, wasn't he? Why are you, so, why are you being rude about him then? Uh, a handsome team played by Jude Riordan's brother. Sam wins and the opponent storms out and it's the final tomorrow. Why wait till tomorrow? Do it now. Well, they might as well have done because that girl was there, wasn't she? It seems like a bit of a waste. How much time? If do you I was need Nick, I, I would say I'd, I'd rather open my restaurant on Friday. Actually, can yeah. you just get it out of the way? Yeah. How much time do you need to recover from playing chess? Is it like super hard on your brain? Is it like doing Sudoku where you're like, oh, I can't be bothered with more Sudoku now? I've done one. That's it. That boy had his mindfulness app, didn't he? Yeah. He was all prepared for it. He just Is needs that... to back that on again. Was that a, was that a product I think, placement? I think he was listening to download... Conversation Street, actually. Oh, okay. I well, I hope he wasn't just listening to, have... to this one. <laughs> he was getting the subliminal messaging that chess is actually really boring, and that's why he lost. He just you lost heart of it. good at chess. Um, we got a little cameo from David at the beginning of Friday's episode, who is just as baffled as the rest of the audience about why Nick has shut the bistro just for this one game <laughs> chess final. And Nick says, no, 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 it's really important. It's fine. Cleared it with Debbie. So Sam arrives at the bistro. Nick gives him his brioche and mango, which Sam doesn't want. He wants tea and toast. Gets a bit of a pre-match pep talk from Nick. And then the game is on. Well, once the once the, uh, once the girl arrives, she's a bit late because of the ring road. The ring road. Nice reference. Um, Sam's looking a bit nervous. Um, Tell you what, it's a good job Maria was otherwise engaged because she would have been furious about that. I know, I know, totally. Um, Sam loses. Who'd have thought? I was actually expecting this to just be the conclusion of the storyline and Sam wins and they all live happily ever after. But no, he, he, he uh, the, the girl beats him. He refuses his handshake um, and walks off into the back room. Um, Leanne turns up Nick says oh, I think I've messed up here Sam's gone mute again um, but he's actually talking to Hope on the walkie talkie isn't he who's accusing him of fancying this girl what was her name Geraldine or Jermaine or Jirene yeah. or something like that Jirate <laughs> Um, who, who it seems that Sam maybe has got a bit of a crush on because the girl and the dad come back don't they later on and the dad's like oh my my daughter would quite like to beat your son again at chess. I mean, play him again at chess. Hi, my daughter's awkward nerd, and I think your son might be too. Yeah. 
Why don't we breed them together and see, see if we can get happens. some really weird, screwed up kids? We could make like the ultimate chess champion. We could we could get somebody who's clever and goes to live on Mars. Yeah, yeah. Sam's hiding, but it's only a it's only a fake reality TV show. <laughs> they just do a cardboard box with tinfoil on it, <laughs> and Johnny Vaughan's there going, ooh, 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 yeah. it's, it's space interference. I thought that Sam was quite cute hiding behind the. Uh, the clipboard, wasn't he? Because he's, well, he's, it seems like the girl's a bit sweet on him as well because she was given some kind of little little sweet smiles there. What? But she was older than him. Yeah, I don't agree with this age gap storyline. Mm. Um, what's the name? You know, in Bambi, and he's got that little skunk friend. What's it? What's he called? Stinker. <laughs> um, not Peppy Le Pew. I doesn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, Thumper and Stinker, the two famous Bambi Bam- characters. Bambi. You know what I mean, though. Yes. When he sees Stinker, whatever, whatever <laughs> this rodent is called, I was making a cartoon of the skunk. That's what I'd call it. But doesn't it like go, "Oh, Heidi, how?" And it's got like. Bing, bing, no, you're bing. thinking of Mr. Hanky the Christmas. No, too. I'm not. I just can't do an impression of a cute thing without sounding like a South Park character. You know, and and oh, Flower. It's called Flower. Oh yes. I'm called Flower. And she's like, oh, cute. This is exactly kind of how I imagine. <laughs> exactly Sam. kind of. Shut up. Sam's acting. Sam's looking at her like she's a cartoon skunk. Sam is feeling things that he's never felt before. Don't look that up on the internet, Sam. No. He's growing up. He's growing up, isn't he? Um, so that was kind of cute. Did you did you enjoy the chess storyline this week, Gemma? No. 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 Anyth- I think they any, should Anything to add to this story? Yeah. Go on, sorry. Why would you ask me a question and then talk over me? They should have done curling. <laughs> <laughs> See, you you try you nearly didn't get to hear that amazing observation because you were talking. But they've cleared the bistro for that. I would have loved to have seen them doing a curling tournament, and I could mm. have understood what was going on, or darts or something. Um, do you think that Sam let this girl win? What for feminism? No, because he wants because he fancies her. He definitely gave a look. And then he moved the chess piece Did somewhere that he probably, I don't think he would have meant. He would have done otherwise. Because he was think, writing all these moves in his book and everything, wasn't I he? I think it's sexist to let a woman win because she fancy her. But if I I'm the woman, very gentlemanly I think of him. you should do it. <laughs> That's what I do whenever I play Mario Party. You never let you. me win. You never let me win. I, yeah, I win at Mario Party because it's down to luck. <laughs> no, I, I think that he has, he has learned a lesson there. What's um, the lesson did he learn? What do you mean? That, that losing's not lit. so bad let, if a girl no, falls in love with you. Off. Yeah, but get... he's just mad at himself. What the things we do for love, and then you push. He like she she chess she chess mated him, and maybe he was expecting her to kind of lean over the board and give him a big peck on the peck on the cheek, but she women didn't, so he stormed off. Don't let women win because we don't respect losers. No, that's what I say. <laughs> I thought that it was very sad that in this massive chess tournament literally there was nobody there to watch oh, it was is, is it was so nick dumb. the girl's dad yeah can i just point that this out it. right this i don't know what kind of chess tournament this was or how important it was a, they had a poster Gemma, they had posters, on glossy paper so it was pretty you know, big there's money behind it yeah right nobody even bothered to turn up apart from one parent it wasn't even this kid didn't even have this girl didn't even have a mum it's just this, that her dad turned up mm. one person per competitor nobody else cared 
Yeah, the Roy didn't turn up to support no. Sam. Yeah, the stylist of the year award he could have taken gets both. a live television broadcast. Yeah, that just goes to show what we value in this country. Yeah. What a bunch <laughs> Beauty of, over brains. Bunch of vacuous twits we are, aren't we? Yeah. Where was where was this girl's massive star-shaped trophy an yeah. interview with a local celebrity on the news? Well, just imagine him putting it on the TV instead of and uh, people like me at home going, I don't understand what's going on. Mm. Maybe that's why Debbie didn't mind closing the bistro so much today because she was coining it in with all the uh, award show cash that was going on yeah. at Chariot Square. She's like, Chariot Square Hotel, we're going through champagne like nobody's business. I don't know who's drinking it, but carry on, I say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay, fine. Fine story. Don't, don't need to see it much longer. Although I, I am interested if Sam does fancy this girl because I think having a little young romance story could be quite cute. It's a little bit my girl, isn't it? She's a very striking looking, beautiful girl as well, isn't she? With lovely eyes. Fizz out. Okay. okay. On Monday, Evelyn catches Tyrone rifling through the removal van because they're off. Yes, Phil and, and Fizz are off. He's looting. Up. He's looting it. They get chatting, and Evelyn gives Tyrone Starburst to look after while she goes to the doctors. Maybe she's also having phantom pregnancies. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I know that is wrong. Um, Ruby phones Fizz to say she's forgotten her friend's birthday present. Fizz hurries over. Tyrone says he'll guard the van. Evelyn comes back later to find Tyrone's rooting through everything, taking some stuff out. He's got his mug, hasn't he? World, yeah. World's he's best like, this is mine. Bag. And now he's wondering what else is in there that belongs to him. Well, I would be as well. I'd be really hacked off if I was Tyrone. If he's not getting a chance. He must have some stuff that isn't literally his in that house. Yeah, it's not all Fizz's stuff. Although, I suppose at the end of the episode, there was still plenty left. Because he he ends up putting his feet up with Evelyn. Why is she stealing stealing his his stuff? It's not even that. Who, can I just say, nobody in this country needs to take anyone's mug. No. This country is full of people, cupboards are full of mugs that people have not bought. They're like mice in barn in the Middle Ages, aren't yeah, they? They, they just, just generate their spontaneously. Yeah. If, you buy, if you've got a cupboard, yeah. mugs will appear if in it. you've got a cupboard above a kettle, yeah, yeah, it just spontaneously appears. Um, so, he's getting mad. She says, you just don't want to let go. And he admits there might be some truth to it. And um, Evelyn tells him, don't make this harder for Fizz than it already is. So Fizz comes nice back run. later. And surprised to find that Tyrone has finished packing the van for her. Um, he says he's only trying to help, but she thinks he's trying to get rid of her. Oh, how many wars have started because of a lack of communication <laughs> like this? Fizz takes Tyrone to the cafe and says she's realised she might be making a big mistake with this move. And the girls need to see him more than just at weekends. And he tells her she deserves to be happy and she's doing the right thing. And the girls are going to love the garden and she should go for it. We're all into this garden. I'm into this garden. I want to see it. I don't think we're going to see anything of this house inside or out. That's awful. Um, They get ready to head off. Fizz tells Phil she's got 20 years worth of memories on the street. Remember that time when I did a topless protest? I was literally thinking that. I was literally just thinking. Yeah, I remember that. I remember the time my boyfriend was beaten to the floor at Christmas because he was having an affair with a local teenage strumpet. Ah, memories. It's not easy to leave this behind. Remember that time that I got my finger sewed up in the machine over there? (laughs) Um, Tyrone puts on a smile, says goodbye to the girls. They all get in the car and they go off. Tyrone goes back to number nine. Evelyn was there with a brandy and her hair up, 
watching the telly when he waltzes back in and she's like oh great thought i'd have the evening to myself but then she tells him that she's actually secretly pleased because the sink needs unblocking i love that little scene that having, was really having sweet. tyrone and evelyn back together again it's like oh all is right with the world i it felt is with lovely. that it was very nice they just need a bit of fizz there too on wednesday the factory girls enjoy hearing about fizz's new place she looks a bit wistful then she comes into the pub at lunch and tells Tyrone the girls are high as kites last night and she tells Kevin that Tyrone has been very good over all this and Kevin says that's because he's got a good heart and he doesn't really want to see you go but he's doing it for for you. So, to thank him, and I'm very much like this too, Fizz brings him a, a cream horn, mm. the most comedic of all of Roy's um, offerings. It is serious. And he tells her that number nine feels so empty now. She's stolen all of his mugs. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bricks and memories. And she needs to go, but she says she'll buy him a pint later. So they have an awkward side-by-side sit in the Rovers, which really looked like it was... It, it very much looked like green it was a screen screen But I don't think thing. it was. No. But it was weird. Might have been. I, I tell you what, the, they really need to avoid doing any kind of filming that looks even remotely like it's camera trickery. It's COVID filming, it's yeah. it's really distracting. Um, Tyrone tells Fizz he doesn't want to be a weekend dad and Fizz swears this won't happen. Mm. Great. I'm glad that this story's back and everything that like I said last week, but I was a bit taken aback by Fizz's abrupt change of heart. Like, she's been gunning for this house for a while. Nothing seems to be wrong between her and Phil. And and I was thinking... And I've always thought, you know, Fizz and Tyrone will probably end up back together again. But just to have Fizz announce out of the blue this week, oh, actually, maybe I've made a mistake, it seemed like the, the simplest way to do it. I was waiting for there to be some reason for her to change her mind, you know? Well, I just want to say that having gone through a house move myself, there is definitely that a feeling you get that you think you've made a terrible mistake. And I think that um, the shock of the change and how jarring it is and how, you know, it's, it's, it's your, your home. Mm. And, and I think anybody, even if you were moving somewhere you really liked, would have a wobble. But she's leaving things behind that she doesn't want to. And she, including Tyrone. Well, this was not her re- really her choice to begin with, was it? I think if she could really have her way, she would go back in time and have, Ty- you know, Tyrone never even meet Alina. Alina, I wouldn't. You know what I mean? I, even how however happy Phil uh, makes her and however wonderful this garden might be, I really don't think that this is what she really really wants. I, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're right. And she knows this. I, and- I totally agree with all of that. It just felt like a very quick, unnecessarily quick way for her to have her realise No, but I, I was think waiting for some she... deep realisation. Yeah, but once you've done something like this, such a drastic change, that sometimes is enough to make you realise what you're missing. I feel really bad for Phil in the future. I really feel bad for Phil because he's been led up the, garden, the lovely garden path. Yeah. I you know I don't see it. I don't he's see going to be doing future. all these renovations for nothing. He's doing the, he's, he's paid out for a new roof. And he's lost his job. <sighs> thought he had he thought he had fizz, but no, not for much longer. I hope Phil stays. There's no reason for Phil to stay I once the like storyline's over. I can think of plenty of people I'd rather. Decent chap. Um, he was in it instead of. Did did you um what what about Tyrone? How are you feeling about him? Do you still think he's a dirty dog, or do you forgive him yet? 
Come on, he's lovely, isn't he? Lovely Tyrone. Yeah, you no, do. No, I don't think I do, no. You do. No. You, you enjoyed seeing him he there hasn't, this evening. He, I don't think he's really... I would be annoyed because he's, he hasn't really... Has he really appreciated what he's done? I just still don't think so. I don't know. He hasn't made a grand gesture to try and get Biz back. He's just kind of holding out and waiting for her to change her mind. Which it looks like she is. So, all good. Next story. We're just racing towards the finish now. We have got the Summer story. Summer's she's, she's getting a bit impatient with Billy's constant fretting about her diabetes and whatever and, and going out clubbing and not doing her blood sugar or whatever. Um, she says she's fine. She comes into the shop later. She's all a flutter about this mock exam that's been organised for today. And, and Asher and Adi are there a bit worried about her because she's just getting a knickers and a twist about it all and um, overworking herself. Um, Asher tells Adi later that when they went out, she wasn't checking her blood sugar or anything. She was actually acting like she didn't even have diabetes. Adi is concerned about this. So the mock takes place. Summer comes back into the shop again for an energy bar and Adi says... Well, this is Asha told me that you're not really been taking your diabetes seriously, young lady. Um, I don't want to. Sorry to nag you about about it, but I wouldn't want to think that I would. I, I wouldn't want it if I can't even think what. I would hate to think that I didn't say anything to you about it, and you had a diabetes attack, and I could have prevented and you died. it. Yeah, and she says. Sod off, Hardy. Get off my back. Yeah, no one asked you. And that was all that happened to that story. So that was absolutely worth taking up three scenes on Monday's episode for this week. Nice that Hardy's getting involved. Maybe some kind of rekindling of feelings between Hardy and Summer because they went out last year, didn't they? Um, but yeah, it seems like a bit of a... What's what the point of that, really? Um, do you think that she's going to fail her exams with all of this? Is I think she... she's going to have a dramatic medical event during an exam. During or the day of. Yeah, brought on by her sort of neglect of her condition. herself, yeah. Yeah, with her... uh, Again, I really feel for her. I really feel for her, this horrible pressure and condition that she didn't know she was going to, you know, she's suddenly been burdened with this horrible Mm. responsibility that other people just take for granted. And it probably doesn't help that everyone keeps fussing over her. But again, they can't really ignore it because it's quite dangerous. She's not looking after herself very well at the moment, is she? Somebody else needs to. You know, this is kind of an eating disorder that she's developing. Hmm. And it is not uncommon for for young girls to have issues like this. Um, And I don't think they get taken that seriously. And I don't think they... I think that they can be very, very dangerous. Yeah, I just the story just needs to get going. It needs a bit of a rocket. It needs an energy buyer itself because it's been they've been teasing it for months Michael, now. Michael, but it's part of the ongoing. You know, you can't go. Oh, this eating disorder storyline's taking too long. Why don't you just hurry up and you know what I mean? That it's it's part of the condition. Yeah, maybe you know, it's just it not finding it that burn. interesting. This is the thing about some you you moan about it, and I'm probably guilty, and I'm sure we all are. But some of these storylines, soaps can soaps are unique in that they can do these slow burn, long term stories that only come in it every now and then. And if you know, if we got to, if we got to her exam and she suddenly killed over from a, in a diabetic coma or something, and there hadn't been anything about it, we would complain and very say, true. "Oh, why didn't they put hints very, in? Very they could true. have set this up by they could have had scenes where she was eating chocolate bars or whatever." Mm. 
Okay, okay. Well, I think A-levels take place like May time, do they? May, early June maybe? So we've got a little bit longer to wait for this. Well, well, that's all depend. You know, that depends on whether what my, whether my prediction is true. Oh, no, it makes goes. sense. If, if well, somebody's got big mops. exams they're preparing for and worrying about, then um, something's got to go on dramatic, doesn't it? Shall I do the tar very much? You do the tar very much, storyline the TA very much. Uh, Friday, uh, Daniel's thrilled to tell Daisy he's booked them some ex- exhibition museum tickets and she's not that impressed but she's um slowly uh, warming to the the life of a teacher getting camping gear so they can spend their ridiculously overpriced school mandate mandated holidays in somewhere that's only going to fleece them slightly instead of taking every penny you've ever earned <laughs> um they go back to the pub later daisy wasn't that impressed with the, with all the pots and jars or whatever and vases uh, she actually preferred going shopping um, but then Nikki comes in Ooh. because she's got the TA job oh. because somebody else pulled out. Yeah. Daisy tells Jenny she's worried about this and Jenny says be careful uh, about pushing him into her arms. Very wise words. Mm. Very you, wise you words. You said that Nikki would end up getting that TA job, didn't well, you? Well, I thought that you it was, was a fake right out. all along. Yeah, but I thought it was a fake out and she actually did get it and Daniel was hiding the mm. fact that she got it because she knew that Daisy didn't like her yeah what a massive coincidence that she's got a job with daniel after everything that they went through last year get over it michael soaps are full of coincidences i know i know okay so soap is like you know like um when you're talking about solids liquids and gases and you have all your molecules states of matter and uh like it depends on how energetic they are yeah and they bounce around yeah it's kind of like that. You've got to bounce them around a bit. It's no good just having them sitting around sedately, not even interacting with each other. Good point. You've got to shake up the jar and make it a bit gassy in there. <laughs> I know Faye's an expert on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> right, what are we giving this week's episodes of Coronation well, Street? A jammer? Well, tonight's harrowing... Cry ...tragedy fest. was just fantastic television. It was, but like you said, the Emma stuff kind of detracted I'm from really, it a little I'm bit. I'm really mad about the Emma stuff. I really honestly think it was a big mistake to put those two stories in the same episode. I think they should have kept one back. Maybe should have had Emma leave on Monday. I just don't think it's fair on either of the characters, especially on Emma's character. Because mm. I think it would have been really moving and I would have paid more attention and cared about Emma leaving if she had left on any other day apart from the day that Laura Nealon dies of cancer mm. when her daughter wins an award for stylists. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go straight in there and say that this, despite there being some really, really well done scenes, it's not feeling like it's in the four territory. So I'm saying three and a half this week. I am giving this... Three and a half stashes of God knows what up Emma's you know what out of five. What the heck? That was what she was talking about when you know getting a, getting a ch- checked out when she's <laughs> smuggling stuff abroad. Well, or I'm going to give it four because I really think Thought that you would. Um, it was amazing today, and I have to give for what for what? Oh, um, <laughs> for that's an... all anybody cares about. They don't care about the scores, Joe. Sorry to break that to you. Four anxiety-ridden dogs. Okay, okay. Because um, you've got to worry about that dog. What's gonna? What's he going to do now John's left? Yes, exactly. That dog's going to be on Prozac before you know it. <laughs> um, right, character of the week then. Ooh. I'm going to give this to Urgh. Kelly. Are you? Did we give... Look, have, we have Kelly. given it to Laura, haven't we, before? I don't remember. 
I think we have. You're going to give it to Bitch Kelly, who doesn't even want to go to see her dying mum. Um, I am giving it to her solely for the, the corpse crawling. Okay, what? so you're giving it to Millie then, really, this I'm week. giving it to Millie because um, she had to touch a real-life dead body for that scene, <laughs> and she did it with I, such I amazing... I can't give it to Kelly because she Callum. was a bit of a cow to her mum this week. Um, and I felt really bad for Laura. I don't know whether I want to give Laura character of the week because she didn't do much. She's just kind of lying around she dying. She died. Um, That's quite a significant I... uh, life moment. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of going for Emma, maybe. Just oh. because this is maybe the last chance I'll get to give Emma a character of the week. I and I did if she'll enjoy her. Back. I think she's been great. It just feels like she's left on a, under a cloud. Yeah, it does. And a I don't bit. think that they meant that for that to happen but it, unfortunately mm. I could I could, I could even easily give it to John as character of the week but I think oh, that'd be John. a bit I don't, I don't think I should really I think that would just enrage people silly. it would a little bit wouldn't it we'd get, we'd get um, lambasted in the reviews but also Toya was very good this week <sighs> uh, what about Imran having to sleep on a couch no um, oh. I'm, I gave it to Imran last week didn't I did you I'm going to give well, my ha- character of the I week didn't... this week to Emma because she had to she had to tell John that she didn't love him anymore even though good she acting. really did yeah because for, for the good of her own friend non-incarceration um, and her and, friend's unborn and, and she's child gone and exist. she was fun and I'm, yeah, Emma's my character of the week this week and yours is Kelly fair enough I think yep. some people might agree with both of those well, I think if if I didn't give Laura it last week, it's Laura. But I think I, I have given it to Laura. Before. Don't confuse Rebecca, who's making Italian. Rebecca knows what she's doing. Okay, fine. So that's it for this week's coronation. What Street. did you think? Quite a good week. Looking forward to more stuff. What's going to be happening with the funeral next week? Hopefully, there's going to be more. Toya it'll be in next week. Abby next week. Possibly. I don't know. Sometimes they happen quite quickly, don't they? Um, let's find out next week. But for now, it's time travel. We'll go to the cabin. Oh, okay. Right, it is time for the news. We've got some sad news to begin with, haven't we, Gemma, this week? We have got an RIP for an ex-Corrie cast member. And one of the near originals, too, Angela Crow, who played Doreen Lostock um, from episode 12 of Coronation Street. Um, her death was reported. It was reported on, Corrie, uh, on um, the Coronation joined- Street blog. In episode mm. 12. She wasn't just in one episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. She joined episode 12. She was in it for a while. But her death um, was reported, I think, in The Guardian or um, last month, maybe. But um, it just made its way to the Corrie fandom um, this month after Corypedia. Not Corypedia, sorry. The Coronation Street blog picked it up. So Angela Plo played Doreen Lustock um, from episode 12 of Coronation Street. She joined as 19-year-old Doreen and um, was kind of famously one of the original barm cake girls. It was her and Sheila Bertles, wasn't it? Used to be uh, coming from working <laughs> at the factory, the raincoat factory, go to uh, see Flory Lindley in the shop, get their barm cakes and uh, get up to lots of crazy adventures. Well, some crazy adventures. She was in it for, um, I don't know how many episodes she was in. I, I thought I'd written it somewhere, but maybe not. 100, 100, oh, for 145 episodes she was in Coronation Street back in the early days. She was in it for... Um, couple of years in the early 1960s um she what did um, she leave she, she left to become a, a tank driver apparently brilliant I so love she her. went from raincoat factory um 
worker for to to be a tank driver in the women's royal army corps and uh, and that was kind of that it. That was the character though, not the actress. The, yes, yes, I have to <laughs> I have to clarify yeah. that. She was also she also worked at um, Gamma Garments for a bit, didn't she? I remember seeing some episodes when we were watching those ones a couple of years ago. It was her and Emily and um, Leonard Swindley together in the uh, in the in the Gamma Garment shop. It was quite fun. I don't think we can really make a full assessment of the character of Doreen. We didn't see enough of her, but I know that she's definitely got her fans. And it's it's just it's really sad to hear that you know. These, these ex-Coronation Street actresses are, uh, are, are, are dying and the, the original cast, you know, it's almost original cast, barely any left now. But William Roach is still flying the flag, isn't he? He's, he's still going, bless him. Now, something else that I read about Doreen Lost that I found quite interesting this week is her catchphrase was Ecky Thump. I didn't realise this. Amazing. This is amazing that we have, and we've now got an award named after it. But I don't she think she was the originator it. of that phrase. But let's just say she is. Why not? Yeah. Um, so I was reading about what um, what Angela did after she left Corrie because I, I had no idea that she was still alive. Actually. Um, oh my God. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't. It was just fair yeah, enough. Okay, fair I'll enough. It, yeah. But yeah, she she carried. She's good. If you look on her IMDb page, she did loads. She was acting right until the like late nineties, early two thousands. Although her last TV credit was being in an episode of a show called Doom Watch in two. 2015 like life. <laughs> and um, she was also in an episode of the Corrie years in 2012 you know that spin-off thing they did on ITV so that's very very sad um, as too was the other major soap death that was announced this week Jean Brown from EastEnders played Doc Cotton she did soap icon this, and legend she is a total total soap icon yeah so it's not been too long since um, Barbara Windsor uh, from East, EastEnders passed on as no. either and now June Brown who was Massive. she was she was in the show until just a couple of years ago yeah, wasn't she, she she just left though didn't she she, she, she kind did, she of she just of kind of got a bit fed up with it yeah 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 but um, yeah, that was, that was very sad news that came in this week. I... Well, I know you say it's sad, but I look at these two women and look at all they've achieved and what they've done and what they've left behind. And I think um, it's nice to get to an age where you've lived a full life and you have a, a nice, you know, body of work that you leave behind forever. Mm. I, mean, um, I think that's lovely. Angela was 86 when she died um, earlier this year and June was in her mid 90s I think as well so you're right they, they certainly had uh, left a quite a big legacy there yeah that's um, nice but um, yeah I was, uh, she, she's, she's a massive massive name in soap is June Brown but she did um, debut in Coronation Street first didn't she yeah she played the mother of a harmonium player who exactly. went to Ina Sharples for a lesson on Tinkering so the Ivories in, she's in 1970 first. or something so uh, yeah we will claim June Brown as our own thank you very much sorry Walford Weekly um, we have got um, moving on to the next bit of news this is quite exciting I think I think we may have found another reason to have to make another trip up to Manchester Gemma because there's going to be an exhibit um, of some Granada archive materials that have found been sitting in a warehouse for the past 30 years and this have just incredible. been opened up yeah they've been they've been hidden away in this warehouse in North Yorkshire and um, they're, they're soon going to be shown at the John Rowlands Library in Manchester um, I love the story behind this as well. It's like everyone thought they were lost and I looked for it and they were there. It turns out they were there all along. Um, <laughs> now, I've been having a bit of a chat um, on on Twitter with, um, with I think, David from Corypedia, who's very, very excited about this. Now, though the articles that have come out haven't made it completely clear what's in these archives, it's just going to be a load of, like files and notes and it could and be like you know just to point out it's the granada 
Oh, it's not Coronation Street specific. No, there's going to be other things. But this it's isn't. A, yeah, this isn't a Coronation Street exhibit. They they're putting a variety of un, uncovered things in. This. I was going to say a variety of unconnected things. Well, some sort of connection between them. Um, but yeah, David was saying that maybe it's like you know it could be old scripts. It could be stuff about the dry runs, which would be very exciting. It could be storyline ideas, kind of pictures for the program. Uh, I I mean uh, yeah, a- a- anything that is kind of secret and wouldn't have made its way out into the general public. So we could be on the cusp of learning a heck of a lot more about the very early days of Coronation Street once this exhibit opens later this year. Um, the, the the guy who's in charge of it, I haven't actually got, oh, was it was a lady, I can't remember, I haven't got their name here. But um, they say, when I first started asking people in Manchester if they know what happened to the archive, because I knew that one used to exist in Manchester, which was accessible to researchers, people said they thought it had been destroyed. But I did a bit of digging around and located where it was. It was perfectly safe and intact. <laughs> I too, we were very happy, actually, to return it to Manchester. So, um, great story. And um, I this don't... is like me when I think I've lost something and then I look for it and it's there. It's there all along. Yeah. So um, if you're in the Manchester area and you're interested in old quarry stuff, I'd certainly keep an eye out for that when it's there. And I don't know whether we'll come up. I don't know how long the Manchester the, the exhibition's there because we, we will certainly make another trip up to Manchester this year. It just depends how long they're going to be yeah. showing this one. But I'd be very, very interested to, to have a look at um, all these bits. And if you are going, please take lots and lots and lots of photos. Yes, document it. Yes, exactly. And remember, it's always in the last place you look. <laughs> yeah, in a warehouse usually. Mm-hmm. That, that's generally the place. And uh, and finally, whizzing through the news this week, we have got an episode of DNA Journey that we'd like to um, publicise for Promote. next week. Promote. We're sponsored We're not, yeah. today by DNA Journey. Or are they sponsored by us? I don't know. I but don't think Maureen Lipman anybody. and Ruler Lenska are going to be on next week's episode. And it's going to be what one of these. Find out about well, apparently we find out that Maureen um, Littman has got some kind of uh, hitherto unknown links to Poland. So her and her good pal ruler are not quite so remote. separately, re- yeah, not quite as remote as one might think. So it's um, th- this is one of those stories where they, do they test their DNA and then they find out that you... And they go, oh, you're from Poland. Yeah, and mm-hmm. ruler's like, I know that actually, I'm from Polish aristocracy. Yeah, I'm like Baroness Poland the third. Yeah. Well, D- Maureen Lippmann is, quite, is, I think it's from Hull, was it, the thing she said? Um, <laughs> well, her family, like, trades family in Hull and, and, and ruler is Polish aristocracy. So it's a bit of a uh, princess and the pauper kind of thing. It isn't really. Trades people aren't... Well, maybe not exactly. If you go back two, If you go back two generations in my family, we were domestic servants. Yeah, but that's just my grandma. I think it was a housemate. I think it's going to be cool to see them back on telly again because they were good pals, weren't they? These two, yeah. they shared a dressing room when they were both They're in lovies. Coronation Street together. They totally I are. I don't, don't care where you've come from. If you're if you're a lovey, you're you're British aristocracy as far as I'm concerned. Yes, exactly. And it's all down to how you wear a scarf mm, mm. and if you can call people darling in in a very convincing manner. And most crucially, do you pronounce the G? Because anyone can call someone darling. Yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. I've actually written here that it's on ITV on the 9th of April, which is today. I don't think that's right. I think it's next week. I've got a feeling it's Tuesday next week that it's on. But um, Well, just, you know. If, just do what we do and have a broken TV where you can only watch ITV and, and yeah. eventually it will come on at some point. But it's going to be on at 9 o'clock, so watch just, out for... Just watch ITV for, for Maureen Lippmann's potty mouth, I'm sure. 
Um, anyway, we, we, I'm, I'd quite right. like to tune like into to that because we're on holiday very, next week. Very exciting. We're not going to watch it Aren't on we? holiday. We've got other things to do oh, on fine. holiday. And now we're going to do feedback. Okay. So we have got feedback now. A little bit of feedback. Not very much feedback this week. What's going on, feedbackers? Don't get like that, that, like that again. We've got Nancy and Rebecca, but I think that was about it. But before we get to them, of course, the average score for last week. It was a big week. It got 4.26 out of 5 on average on our Facebook group. So it looks like quite popular among our Facebook voters. Thank you very much, everybody who voted, including Chad, who gave it four and a half spontaneous indoor skydiving trips <laughs> out of five. Sarah, four ridiculously robust envelopes for a single sheet of paper out of five. It's a good point. Oh, Why nice. was that in a big Jiffy bag? Um, Judith was my pick of the week, though. Then she has given last week's Coronation Street four viewings of that film thingy with what's his name in it <laughs> out of five thank you very much everybody who well voted done. again um Gemma, would you like to read out rebecca's email from this week and she has emailed now rebecca you usually tweet your feedback in don't you but this week you said you had to email it in because it was easier for you it's easier for me as well so i wouldn't mind if you carried on doing this it's up to you rebecca says she's sending an email Starting off with how good was toya in friday's episode georgia smashed it and loved how her face Loved how her face knew about what Imran had done, and then she revealed the truth. <gasps> I forgot we didn't mention earlier, Georgia was on catchphrase last week, wasn't oh, she? Oh, I can't believe Saturday it. Saturday night. Rewind everything. Go back. Go back. Then, did anybody else watch this? Georgia Taylor on <sighs> catchphrase. Never mind, you know, will Kelly make it to the hospital in time to will, see her dying mum? Who will win catchphrase? Will it be Judge Rinder? No. Will it be the other one? Maybe. Will it be Georgia? We'll have to watch it and find out, but it was very exciting. I Loved enjoyed it. that she a lot. Was, I haven't watched an episode really of Catchphrase for over a decade. It was really... Shit, oh, there were some really hard... I thought I was good at Catchphrase, but I'm not. I've never shouted at the TV so much. We yeah. were, like, fully we invested, really invested in this, weren't we? This, Michael, it was great. can I just tell you something that's going to change the way you might think about the world? Mm. This is what people think about football. What? Yeah, this is what, how well, we invested. Why isn't Catchphrase our national sport? It's much more exciting. <laughs> well, if it was then I know who I want on my team, but I'm not saying because it's a spoiler for catchphrase. <laughs> Rebecca was interrupted rudely. So she said, um, I wish she had just kept a secret until the adoption of Elsie had been finalised, but Toya couldn't keep it to herself. I really, really want Toya to adopt Elsie on her own, but I don't know how that can happen. I need Elsie to stay in the show. I do like him around though, putting his money where his mouth is and putting his name on the birth certificate. He does love Alfie. However, I still think Abby will end up with him, although I think she might mess up again. I also really, really want Elsie on the show, but I don't want Elsie to go down the route of the other soap, the Coronation Street cuties, and turn into a awkward teenager that we kind of wish wasn't really in it despise. anymore. Yeah. Um, she says, I completely understand what Laura is doing, taking the blame for Gary. If she dies and Gary gets sent to prison, Kelly will have no one. However, I hate Kelly hating Laura when she's nearly dying and really hope Kelly makes peace with Laura before she dies. Loved Emma this week and also I'd love her and John together if it wasn't for the little matter of her killing his granddad. This can only end in tears. Tim and Sally were fun fellow for this week, although I'm getting a bit sick of Elaine. Oh dear, I think everyone is. Every, that seems to be the general sentiment about Al 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 Elaine, isn't it? We're just a little bit sick of her now. It's funny because it's not like they're sacrificing her for any noble cause either. It's like, we're not, I'm not even particularly loving Sally and Tim. I don't think anyone else is. 
I don't think they're it's all like, right. I know, but you know, yeah. I could understand if they were throwing her under the bus to make somebody else look good, but it's just an all-round bad situation mm. as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, Rebecca says, I am enjoying the summer story, but as a fellow diabetic, I sympathise with her if you do feel sometime you are putting on weight. I did enjoy the Asher, Amy, Summer, Nina going out scenes, though, and it was also good to see Billy and Todd again. By the way, I don't think Billy and Todd are back together. Again, after Todd was shown blackmailing Will at the calendar unveiling. No, I don't think they're back together again. They're just kind of hanging around, aren't they? Yeah. And it's not been mentioned. Billy has been very Christian and forgiven him, clearly. What? He's a better man than I am. Looks like Fizz is leaving, but I'm hoping for what I predicted in my year predictions that she moves off the street but still hangs around the factory. Weirdly enough, you mentioned a house backdrop in episode 408, so they could show the house that way. Tyrone, however, has no leg to stand on, so I'm so glad he gave up in the end. I am wondering if Nick will let Sam go to a chess camp instead. He did. He didn't? Well, not a camp. No. Character of the week is indeed Toya, just for the scene with Imran in the adoption office, and I give it four twockings out of five. <laughs> I didn't realise that was real. I thought Leanne had thing. made it up. I didn't know. I thought it was. I thought she was saying tick-tocking. No, twocking. What thing. does it mean? Taking without consent. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> That's another reminds me as well. We we, we were, um, last time we went to see Dad, he gave us a load of stuff from his attic, didn't he? Yeah. And um, we were having a look through it the other day, and you found my old baby book. So it's like yep. got my like locks of hair in first words, um, all this kind of stuff. And apparently one of my first words oh, yeah. was TikTok. <laughs> so I was ahead of the... You uh, wanted to be a TikTok star. I was cool even back then. It was invented. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And also, um, I've, I was looking through some other bits because there's a few um, bits of memorabilia and uh, old coins. Yeah. And I opened a little box with some coins in it and out fell a bunch of teeth. So that was creepy. <laughs> what, is it my baby teeth? I, I hope they're yours or they're James. Oh, that's funny. Oh, they're gross. Great. I loved it. Well, I was gonna, I'm going to grow a right. new one. Let's just uh, finish up with Nancy. Okay. Then we will stop for the night. All right, then, good. It's past 12 o'clock already. These late night curries. <sighs> it was fascinating, Nancy says, to see Imran and Abby's secret come out the way it did. Coronation Street did a good job of showing it from the point of view of Imran, Toya, Kevin and Abby. Toya's reaction was outstanding. I love the Toya and Leanne scenes. Abby should have had another solicitor for the hearing, yes. though. If she'd not been so concerned with what Imran should do, he wouldn't have been so quick to put his name on the birth certificate. I hope that Toya, Imran and Abby can come to some kind of amicable solution regarding Elsie and Alfie. I don't think that they will. I don't, well, they might do in the end, but I think there's, there's going to be lots be... of argy-bargies and far, fighting and, um, and farting. stuff. And farting. <laughs> there might be a bit of farting. Sometimes when you get really angry, you can't, you you just can't lose yeah, control just... of your sphincter. <laughs> Especially if you've been eating a lot of veggie lasagna, to be yeah, fair. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gary might get away with it, um, Nancy says, unless he confesses, but I think he's not going to go to prison. I love Laura and <laughs> Kelly this week, and I hope that she forgives her mum. Will Sharon get involved? Where's though? Sharon? No, here's the answer to that yet. Um, it's funny Elaine doesn't realise she's no longer welcome. Oh, God. I, some Poor people Elaine. just don't, do yeah, they? Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Um, I love that Sally could not tell Elaine to leave too. Nice to see Emma and John together. Emma's going stark skydiving was great. See, this, I, we, I wish we'd seen this. cheeks flapping well, in the wind. Yes, I wanted to see her cheeks flapping in the wind. That got we another shout now. out on Monday's episode, know, didn't it? It was magnificent. Um, Nancy wonders whether John will leave without finding about Ted. The answer to that is no. It was wonderful that Summer went out with Asher and Amy. I think Summer's still got an eating disorder and is struggling with her diabetes. She's feeling the pressure about her exams, though. 
Um, it was interesting that Phil and Jamie, uh, Phil and Jamie, Phil and Jenny, no, Phil and Fizz, are going to move in and renovate the house. Will she and Tyrone get back together, though? Um, I think Leanne's smarter than Nick because she's willing to let Sam do what he wants. And I give this week's episodes four and a half Elton John Rocketman impersonations <laughs> out of five. Gemma, can you do an Elton John Rocketman impersonation for us all, please? Uh, um, uh, oh, Diana. What is that song? <laughs> <laughs> I'd have gone with, I'm still standing. What does Rocketman go like? Rocket man, something, something, something up your bum. What? <laughs> what is the lyrics? I don't know. I don't think it's that. <laughs> Character of the week for Nancy is Toya. I loved Imran. We've been very inappropriate. In some of the Irreverent, I like week. to call so it. So irreverent this week. Irreverent humour. Anyway. A galore. Um, that is Thank it you very much for this to Nancy and Rebecca. Where are the rest of you? Yes. Where are you? We're not thanking you this week. Well, we can thank the people on the Facebook group because sometimes we pull things off of Facebook. Nancy liked our Tom Hanks references, and I—I'm just talking about his amazing um, performance in Big. Oh, and you can't forget Castaway. Wilson. I don't think I've enjoyed many of his other films. Um, I quite enjoyed The Terminal. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Good stuff. Yeah, more Tom also, Hanks references for you there. the best Tom no, Hanks film, Gemma. it's not. <laughs> Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is terrible. Jedi. Anyway. Anyway. Forrest Gump is an awful film. It's the best. It's boring. I think you'll find. I still want to go to the Bubba... Was it? Bubba, Bubba Gump. Gump. Yeah, there's one in London. I do not. Um, but I don't think it will be any good. Um, Gemma, can you please let these fine listeners know, because it seems like they've forgotten if you've what forgotten, they want to do if they want to send us some feedback. Come and tell us what you think. Tell us your opinions. We're inviting you to be a part of the show. It'd just be rude to turn it down. Gemma. E- email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. Find our website at conversationstreet.podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify other places and also you can find us on instagram twitter and facebook and youtube and also patreon where oh, yes. you can sign up and you can get some lovely free things depending we, on what tier you we have now got chloe on patreon our competition winner for last week she right. signed up a few days ago and has got a t-shirt winging its way towards her in fact maybe she got it with her today i don't know and a postcard Yes, we did put a little postcard in the envelope. That's as well. right. We so we handwrite a postcard for every mm. top tier patron. And member. now Easter has come. That can only mean one thing. We absolutely must need to think about our new Patreon gift because yeah. we've had our t- we've had our t-shirts for a whole year now because it was last Easter that we did it before. So I'm sure that will be on the agenda of things to do while I'm off school for the next two weeks. Hooray! Oh, what should it be? And I thought you were going to say, because it's nearly Easter coming up, instead of getting a boring egg that's overpriced, bit of chocolate, why don't you get yourself a subscription, a Patreon subscription to... Oh, yes. Do you have any Coronation Street fans in your family that would rather have a Conversation Street Patreon? You don't want a crappy Easter egg. egg. Wait until after Easter and buy them cheap. Yeah. They're hollow, just like me. Thank you for that life advice. Hollow? Yeah. I'm empty. Mm. Um, an empty vessel 
I think we'll that's it. That's the now. end of the show. Thank Have a nice day. Enjoy. I, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed chatting with Corey, chatting with you about Corey this week. I think I think it was an just I enjoyed it it's better I than think our bonus episode. I was just gonna say that was better than this week's bonus episode. Sorry for anybody that listened to that and was well, a bit. Rub- you can tell how rubbish pants. it was because nobody said, "Oh, listen to that episode." No, they're like, "Don't even bring it up to them." No. Well, we'll do better next time. I just didn't really work. Well, but listen, if you if you miss if you don't listen if you were listening to it and you gave up because the first mm. bit was crap, you've missed out on some very intelligent conversation about soaps and crap. issues and and the origin of storytelling in mankind and global attitudes to using soap as propaganda. So the joke's on you. That's really. in the second half of the episode. It's the first episode is us, is us going, um, who's going to be Mr. Darcy? <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going. Yeah, we are. Ta-ra, everybody. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Tie your shoelaces. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, 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 oh